We are doomed to soccer ranges podcast. We are focused on conventions, cosplay, nerdum in general. Who are we? I'm Black Ranger, Tyler. I'm the Green and White Ranger, Cole. <laughs> I am Robert the Red Ranger and very confused. And filling in for the fourth chair. Hi, I'm Nathan. Just Nathan. I'm <laughs> just Nathan. <laughs> well, there we go. We're ready. Let's do the things. You know, when, it, when when you were talking about bongos last week, Tyler, I didn't expect this. Man, you should uh, you should stop doing that and expect everything. <laughs> yeah, I really should, considering how long I've known you. Just expect everything. Tyler just does things. I do things. I just want to know, has he trained the zombie band to go and play in the bongos, or are we still going to be doing the regular thing? No, I, no, no, I, job security. I can't try uh, to do that kind of stuff. Okay, okay. Just the con- the, I, 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 I'm pretty sure the necromancy spell doesn't cover, uh, cover job security. <laughs> so no, that, that if, he, if he breaks that, then he's totally being eaten. It's, uh, I don't know. People have tried uh, raising the dead to uh, fill job positions, and it kind of normally backfires a lot. I don't know, man. You'll You'll probably have to contact the union. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which one, the Necromancers Union or the Undead Union? That actually reminds me of a. Um, it was a. It was a podcast, uh, but this is back before they started doing podcasts like this, where it was like a podcast book on tape kind of thing, um, where they did, uh, like it's more popular now. Like there's Welcome to Night Vale is does it really well it's like they basically read a story and it's written as a scripted podcast but it was called how to succeed in evil and it was wasn't shown as a podcast it was shown as more of like a audiobook more than anything but it was only ever written online and read out like that and one of the episodes it's basically it was a uh re or it was a how to succeed in evil was the story about a um, an evil, a evil supervillain consultant, and he would consult evil supervillains to be better at their job. Huh. And it basically it starts off with that, and then basically in the first chapter, they always just go and do the outlandish things that supervillains do. Um, and he goes, "Well, I could do this job better than any of them because I would tell them how to do it." And then he just goes, "Why don't I just start being a supervillain instead?" So he, it's the story of him going and becoming a supervillain from being an evil supervillain consultant. And there was just one episode where it's called Ari, Your Brains. Um, and it's about them trying to change the workforce to zombies, but then it just backfires and the zombies go crazy and do the whole horde thing that they do. And everyone gets eaten and then the job, the company kind of goes under. And it's that, so... Yeah, that, that's what that reminds me of. Check that out. I wonder if you can still find that. Mm. How so, Nathan, succeed? who are you? <laughs> who who am I? Yeah. Uh, I'm Nathan, uh, aspiring voice actor. Uh, are you? My life, my life right now basically just consists of uh, anime, Super Smash Bros., and comic books. 
that's that's basically me. <laughs> cool. This guy has a more fulfilling life than the rest of us. <laughs> that definitely works. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in any case, um, um, so I guess Tyler, since um, you um, you know Nathan a lot more, so why don't you ask him the questions? Are you gonna ask him questions? Yeah, I usually ask people about what oh. they're into. So why don't you? But like, like, uh, well, I don't know. You like cosplaying. You like conventions. You like all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, what got you into nerdom, really? Into nerdom. Yeah. Uh. What was your well, hook? Probably just growing up, we had a Sega Genesis and an N64. So basically, my brother and I were just bored, played video games when we were kids. Uh, my favorite game growing up was. Uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time. So we just like played that, and then one Halloween, I remember wanting to go as uh, Link, so I did that, and I realized that people actually do that, and there are conventions for this thing, which my dad apparently already knew about because he was big on comic books. So he kind of handed them down to me and my brother, and so we read them. <laughs> and the veil. Yeah, yeah. One thing led to another, and yeah, we go to conventions now i do cosplaying uh my brother's not really into it but yeah so basically it all just started from an n64 mm. a good start yeah um oh and also i want to bring up you like to watch anime you like to watch a lot of anime i do watch a lot of anime in comparison between you and tyler who watches more i would yeah. say myself him yeah yeah Very. <laughs> yeah uh, when we first well, met each other, it was just kind of like... Uh, it was kind of even, but then you kind of teetered off. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't uh, know. Because you'd start showing me a whole bunch of stuff, and I'd be like, oh, I could watch that. I could watch that. and then Yeah, and then you'd marathon it within like two days. Yes, I, I could catch up very easily. Yes. Yeah. Where it'd be like, oh, I'm going to start this series. Oh, I just finished this series. And then it was just that. literally like two days later. You're like, yeah. So I so I finished that. It was pretty good. Like I just I just finished uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the first one. Oh boy. So that's a treat. Um, so I, I watched that now because like they got the third one airing right now. So I got a sec. Still watch the second one, which is about twenty some episodes. So yeah, I'm gonna that's watch that. That's a lot of JoJo's. Uh, yeah, it is a uh, bizarre adventure. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's it is it is like a you don't watch that anime for I don't know what you watch it for. Jo- JoJo's is jokes. You can't make jokes about JoJo. Yeah, it's, it's just ma- it's just manly ass jokes. <laughs> that's that's all it is. It's just a lot of a lot of shonen, I guess. It's exactly what it is. Perfect. Speaking of which, what is your favorite type of anime? Actually, I want to say, how do you get started? What started anime? Because we can yeah. leave to the that favorite part to like our anime section. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, well, uh, what started getting me into anime? Yeah, what was your first anime? Uh, probably. Well, probably it was probably uh, Naruto, as it is with most people. I was really into that when I was like really young, but that didn't really spark me getting into anime. It was mainly just just Naruto and whatever. Uh, the one that really got me hooked on anime was uh, Gundam Wing, definitely. Mm. My brother showed me that, and 
the big ass robots a lot of in-depth stuff about like war as most gundams do but yeah so i watched that and then watched other gundam series and then uh branched out watched escaflone thinking that was actually a gundam series when i was younger because you know ro get robots mixed up and that made me realize that there were just like a huge expansive like just a ton of different anime out there so then i kind of just went out and watched whatever i whatever piqued my interest and it's just kept going on to this day neat still a huge gundam fanatic okay well yeah Oh, is there any other comment? Any other questions that we could ask you to really understand you, or should we just wait until the rest of the podcast? It's like, I, oh. I've got one question. Yeah. Okay. What's the most embarrassing story you can tell me about Tyler? Because we got nothing on this guy. Most embarrassing story about Tyler. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I can't really think of any too. God yeah. damn it, nobody's got anything on this guy. Other than he would he would like constantly show up fifteen minutes late to work and then not realize he was showing up late to work. I never did that. I called you out on it so many times <laughs> and you just didn't understand what was wrong. When did I ever show up? No. Well, like, honestly, like I, all I the time. I would always show up right on time and be like, Oh, Tyler's not here yet. Five minutes later, oh Tyler's still not here yet, because we would always talk right before work. And then, like fifteen minutes, you walk through the door, and then I'm like, "Oh, hey, you're you're late," oh, was... and you just kind of stand there, deer in headlights, thinking, "No, no, I'm not." I don't, I don't think this is right. I think yeah. Chris would have brought something up about that. I mean, Chris was pretty mellow. Yeah, there's times. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you didn't know him well enough to know that there's 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 times. So. Yeah, other other than that really I can't nothing really comes to mind about Tyler. I don't I don't remember ever being late like that. Uh, Crazy. You, you just, he you blocked it out. That. He blocked it out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, created a mental wall. Didn't I also start before you? Wasn't I supposed to be there already? No, we started at the same time. Did we? I don't, I don't think so. Well when I started working full time, yeah. Oh, that was right near the end, though. No, you never worked full-time when I worked there. Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Hmm. Well, okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> I guess that's an embarrassing story. Maybe it was late a lot that I don't remember. I, th I think it's more so the fact that you don't remember. I think that's... so. <laughs> the fact is that I can't remember anything, and I've known Tyler almost 18 years, maybe more. Yeah. Tyler, do more embarrassing things. <laughs> I try. Like, weird, <laughs> crazy stuff, and then people are just like, oh, cool. Oh, man, that's just Tyler, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll do, I do antics. Like, I build, like, it has happened where I would, like, get bored and be like, I'm going to build a bed a uh, blanket for it and I do that and that should be an embarrassing thing but no it's not I just rock it I just played bongos on a podcast <laughs> that just is true it. damn <laughs> yep so anyways let's yeah. get on with the podcast yeah, indeed so that's pretty much yeah that's your introduction Nathan yay yeah okay then then I guess I'll move on to my little oh, I think we have to establish now that 
the the listeners know that Nathan and I, how we met each other, is we used to work together. Yep, there we go. So, that might clear things some up. I also bodied him in Smash a couple times. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Because <laughs> you are very good at Smash. Smash up or just Smash? Uh, Smash Bros. Oh, Smash Bros. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hold on. Did we, I was brought up that you're like you. you I like to play Smash and you go to convention. Um, competitions there we go oh i want to stick nathan up against dane that's exactly what i was going to say which one would nathan might actually have seen dane or been to the same conventions at him (gasps) where where is he from um portland maybe i don't know rossi is his name because our friend our friend dane does like fighting games a lot and he'll go to tournaments and do that stuff he wins a well, lot. <laughs> well, well, right now I'm I'm top twenty in the province, uh, playing uh, melee and Project M, the game that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you've ever been, like, probably to Van- Vancouver, has Nathan uh, has Dane gone to one around there? I, I don't even know. I'm actually not sure. All I know is the one time that I played against him, my face hurt every time the character in the game got hit. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, uh, which which game does he play? I think he plays... Melee's, yeah. Well, he oh. plays them all, but Melee's his big one. Okay. That's why but he plays any... competitively. Okay, I'll, I'll do some research. I'll find out what his handle is, because he's told me it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, I guess I'll just move into upcoming conventions then. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, um, so once again, everyone who are atten- these are the conventions that are are um, going on this weekend. Either they may be for three day from the twenty second to the twenty fourth, or the twenty third, or the twenty third to the twenty fourth. It all just depends. I I don't think I'll mention it, but we'll start off with Anime Detour in um, Bloomington, Minnesota. Congregation huh. in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Florida Anime Experience in Kissimmee, Florida. Hey, you said it right this time. Yay! Kiss uh, you, I just met you. <laughs> uh, Pocano ah. Comic Expo in East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Castle Point Anime Convention in Hoboken, New Jersey. Chase Con Expo in Saratoga Springs, New York. Here's the one that's a little bit closer. Uh, Fan Expo Regina in Regina, Saskatchewan. I'm kind of sad that I'm not going because both the Weasley twins, Sam from Lord of the Rings, and what was the third one that was going to be there? There was another headliner there. Uh, geez, I'm trying to remember now. Do you remember, Tyler? Um, God, I, I I've forgotten already. I, I like just looked up the list a couple of days ago. I can't remember either. <laughs> Damn. I'll pull it up real quick here. So um, Sean Austin, James, Al- James, and Oliver Phelps. Oh, Vern Troyer, and Brent Spinner. Oh, Brent Spinner was going to be there, but he did, he can't make. He ended up canceling. Mm. Yeah. So the the guests for that are Sean Austin, who was Sam from Lord of the Rings, James and uh, James and Oliver Phelps, who were the Weasley twins in the Harry Potter films. Um, Dirk Benedict, uh, Dirk Benedict from the A Team. Vern Troyer from the Austin Powers films, another uh, where's Mini Me, and Matt Fuhrer who is Max Headroom. I have no idea who that is. Hmm. But anyway, what? 
What uh, what uh? No, who Max said? Oh my God, I haven't. I, I recognize. Kids don't even know what the hell Max Headroom I, is. I don't know what Max Headroom is. Oh, I'm an old man. <laughs> You're. I'm old. an old man. Fictional British artificial intelligence. Okay. Okay. Whatever. It's, it's MTV old used to be good. It used to be good. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? But anyways, um, I was looking up. I was trying to get Dean's handle, and I can't remember it. Oh, we were just talking about the people who were going to Regina Expo. Oh, okay. Um, High Node in Moscow, Russia. Wow, there's a. I guess there's stuff going on in Russia. Okay. Um, Kraken Con Spring in Oakland, California. Midori Fest in West Portsmouth, Ohio. Toracon in Rochester, New York. And then for just straight Comic-Cons, it's uh, Florida C uh, Flower City Comic-Con in Rochester, New York. And Chase Con Expo Spring Show in S Saratoga Springs, New York, USA. Which I think I mentioned a little bit up tall up there. Yeah, Chase, to Chase Con Expo. There we go. But the name was a lot longer on this one. <laughs> but yeah, those are the cons that are coming on this weekend. So if you are attending any of those week uh, this weekend, have fun, be safe, and follow the 10 rules of con. Wood, wood. Um, so let's see. We're, I guess we're moving on to the... Where is it? To the evening subject. And I think you brought this one up, didn't you, Robert? Yes, yes. A couple of days ago, I was reading an article from Bombshell Cosplay. I remember and, you sent that to us, yes. Yep. And she put together a list of 10 things every cosplayer should buy. And there's a few that I agree with, but I don't know if they always are the best fit necessarily. Her list were dance tights. Yep. Dance I don't, I don't really know. Not so much with me, but maybe. Who knows? What, anyway. Dance tights? Yeah, dance tights. I don't see a reason why we would need them, but. Well, guys or girls? Both. Oh, um. I can understand kind of yeah. why, but. They. Yeah. They make your legs, they make your skin look more um, stand out, I guess. Yeah. Shiny? Shiny is the word? Mm. So yeah. it, it'll, it's like putting makeup on your legs without having put makeup on your legs. It'll, it'll, it'll accentuate the color of your skin because it'll just be that skin tone color. Um, it's not, it's not shiny. It's more... as well. Yeah. yeah, this is one that I kind of laughed at because if you actually read through it, it was saying, um, plus, if you want to pop and lock and drop it while in costume, the opportunity will always be there now. <laughs> or dancing tights or dancing tights. Yeah. Yeah. So Dance it'll hold belts, everything yeah. in, too, mm -hmm. if you've got um, layers. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, same concept as a dancer's belt. Oh, totally. Yep. But yeah, I guess dance belts would make sense. Yeah, especially I, I made for that yeah. So did I. Um, I used to just wear shorts. I do too, but if, mm, not, mm, this makes not, it this makes it mm, easier. Does it? I suppose. Have you had? Do you have them? No, a, a dance well, belt. How would you know, Cole? A dance belt. I I I have one now. Yeah, I need to grab and, one. And let me tell you, um, it was worth it. It was a well worthwhile investment. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially the fact that we all do uh, Power Ranger stuff, it makes perfect sense. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so next on the list. Uh, okay, after that, we've got uh, wig combs, which makes perfect sense. if you that, have to That's go just self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that made it onto a list, because it's like, isn't that... Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, it is it. it is something every cosplayer should have. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, then we've got a uh, giant pack of wig caps, which, once again, makes perfect sense. Yeah. You wouldn't need a giant pack of the damn things, but... Yeah, I, I can understand the point of wanting to have a lot of extras, though, because I know the few times that I've actually needed a wig cap for the wigs that I've worn. Uh, I can never find the damn thing after I take it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess you gotta... you're, you're going to lose them. I, I get that one. I will say this is one that I would not have thought to put on the list that I full heartedly agree with uh, after having seen it, uh, which goes and takes us to the next one, which I still don't know how people haven't picked up on this because I've been doing this now for like 10 years. Uh, double sided tape or fashion tape, as some call it. Uh, I actually take it a step farther and I use outdoor carpet tape. Uh, yeah, I don't want anything to ever come off. <laughs> no, no, I, this I agree with you. This is something I picked up too, where I like got the the carpet tape, um, and it just it works really well. Wasn't carpet tape what held your Sora boots together when you first or when they fell apart the first time? Mm, well, I put them on. That's why I made them out the first time in general, Cole. Okay, because I thought uh, you I, I thought you glued them and then they kind of broke and then you fixed them with carpet glue. Carpet tape. Carpet tape, sorry. Um, no, I used carpet tape to begin with and it was really weird because uh, walking around in them, it, I don't know, it made the, they came off, then they'd stick together and then they'd come off, then they'd stick together. So I'd be walking around in the shoes and the soles would get really floppy. And then they'd start sticking again, and then they'd come loose again and start sticking again. And they're sticking now. They haven't come off ever since then. It was really weird. It was like the heat or walking around like made the glue like get really soft and stop sticking or get back to sticking. Yeah, it was odd. <laughs> so, but it is what it is. Yeah, that, that pretty well covers that one, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Number six on the list, concealer. Which I will admit, I do a very bad job of keeping this in my uh, convention pack. I've never really used concealer. I uh, I've been meaning to grab at least something for my skin tone. I I, I haven't really needed go... in the last couple of years though, since I haven't I've been doing face covers. So yeah, the same here for the most part. Um, I used to go and carry this along with me, and it always seemed to go missing by the end of the first day of the convention. So. I'm not really sure. But I, I don't just, know. Uh, I have been packing it recently because of that. Speaking from my experience, it's always like I go. So a girl's gonna have one, anyways, mm-hmm. and so not really in your skin tone though. You never know. Well, actually, probably. Um, I, I guess that more so depends on your skin tone. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you I could just, be a basic skin tone, so yeah. Might be. I don't know. It, I'm fairly pale, so it probably would make sense, but. Um, and I'm darker. So anyways, I normally find a girl, ask her and be like, I ask them to look at whatever needs to look at. And it's normally everything's pretty fine. They don't really have to do any touch ups or anything like that because I don't really have acne or anything. I don't really have anything I need to cover up. Yeah, you got lucky like that. Is it lucky or is it just genetic school? Lucky. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's just something to have. But like. I've never needed it or anything like that. I've never found the case, but 
maybe there's some advanced techniques for makeup to make your things pop on your face that might help for me because I've never needed anything to like cover anything up. Like the one of the suggestions in here was saying for like uh, sleepy eyes or dark underbags. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with her analysis on that one. That's that's a totally fair one there. And one that I hate to go and say, especially guys, I don't think would necessarily pick up on. And unfortunately, I know a lot of girls that have it in their everyday bags, but never think to bring them to convention. It's a very weird sort of situation that happens there. I, I can't explain it. And what's next on the list? Uh, okay, number seven. Um, this is another one that I think falls into the, well, Duh category uh, safety pins. Okay, if you haven't picked yeah. up on this by now, I'm sorry. I, I don't know you. If you haven't picked up on it by now, I don't know you. I'm, I'm, surpri- I'm actually kind of surprised hairpins haven't fi- uh, hair clips have- and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something. That's something I would expect more to see in a list like this. Would be something like you know the bobby pins hair. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Hair bobby pins. That's what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Uh, then number eight on the list, uh, got to be glued styling products. Oh, that has saved say. a wig or two. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That, that's what I used brand. on my wigs. Mm-hmm. But I got two. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Really. It's because it, but then again, it makes sense considering that it's so well, it, it, its reputation is well earned. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty much time. whenever, whenever you Google, like, what good glues to use everyone like swears by the stuff and mm-hmm. i see I, I see why it's well, and it's, so, it's so readily available i mean it's very rare that you would go and see a product that cosplayers swear by that you can pick up at almost any grocery store in the country yeah yeah this is one of them like it's great for everyday use and it's perfect for cosplay so that is a definite must all right. Totally. Uh, number nine. Um, this is one. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I, I don't know if I agree with this one at all, regardless of gender. Um, false eyelashes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What? Like, I get the idea, but. Pro- I... Probably just to, like, add more flair or boldness to the eyes. But, like. But, yeah, but a lot, usually. A lot of people don't need that. No. Yeah. The thing is, what, what a lot of people tr- usually do, like, true, you don't really need fake eyelashes, but it was like, unless the costume specifically asks for it. And even then, you can get away with, like, if you want your eyes to pop out, all you really need is an eyeliner pencil. Yeah. Oh, mascara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was mascara, thinking of mascara. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Like I've seen people just out. Like stage makeup is just literally you circle, you encircle the eyes. Because um, mascara will, well, it'll it'll hook onto your eyelashes, and because people will use mascara, you can even if you have um, facial hair that's really bright, you can use mascara on your facial hair, and it'll darken it up to bring it out. I so. just realized why the hell didn't I do that for? Did why didn't I do that for Tulio? I don't know, man. You wanted to dye it. Eh, whatever. It worked. It was fine. Yeah. Same concept. Just one more. I think it was just cleaner. I think it was just cleaner. That was the main reason. Uh, One's more permanent than the other. True, but you can easily get rid of it. It's not that hard of a difference. But the reason why, just that way I didn't have to, once it was all kind of dyed in, I wouldn't have to worry about, like, marking shit. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, 
Well, mascara is commonly waterproof and everything mm. too, because yeah. it's around your eyes. Uh, but yeah, that's. Um, I'd say mascara would be more on there than fake eyelashes. Like even yeah. bobby pins. I don't know why bobby pins isn't on there. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm, I'm kind of on the thing thing with that. Because um, like that stuff is cosplaying. A lot of the things you need is to make things. Um, characters are. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Overcompensating for things. Overcompensating? That might be the word. Uh, uh, exaggerating things. There we go. Okay. Exaggerating yeah, there. Better. Okay. Um, so you basically you take those features and you over exaggerate them. So you get bigger eyelashes. You put on concealer and make uh, shadowing on your face, and uh, you take mascara, put it on your facial hair to make it pop more because characters pop. They're very everything in them is exaggerated. That's that's the whole concept of characters. That's why it's an anime, manga, TV shows, all those things. Blah, it's, blah, blah, blah. it's things um cuz ab- everyday life is a lot more um mellow, more gray, more everything kind of blends together more. It's not as sharp and poppy as that. So you've got to do that stuff. That's why wigs are really hair is really cuddle from mm-hmm. wigs and you have all those various things that uh like you do poses and your poses are over exaggerated because when you actually look at them on a picture or on our camera they they look they look right um yeah they don't look slack because your body normally doesn't move those ways like jojo's bizarre adventure there's a good example the way they move is super over exaggerated so trying to do that in pictures is really crazy yeah, or the best way to – when it comes to cosplay thing. photography, everybody that I've ever talked to about it says the same thing, is that if it hurts, then you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, some of the tricks they do for all those cosplay photo shoots is like – I like that they have the they have the two pictures side by side. So they got the picture A of the actual picture they took, picture B of what they're doing to get that picture. Oh, that's always cool. So it's like really funny where like the person's just kind of sitting there and it looks like they're looking at the window all nonchalantly and then they pan over to the other image of them taking the picture and they're like squatted down or like standing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've here. seen that. Or they're like being held up by other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorites ones actually, it was um, – the what was it? It was like you have that picture and then they have a little video beside it and there's a person holding a person's hair and like ready, set. <gasps> throws it in the air, runs away. <laughs> yeah, to get that wind effect. Yeah, no, it's it is movie magic. It's all what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. It's makeup, art, all that stuff to make an image <laughs> right when it actually doesn't happen like that at all. It's just taking a still of time. So I get where she's coming from about saying fake eyelashes, but that might be more of a girl thing. Um I can Mas- see it, yeah. Mascara would probably do just as well. For both yeah. guys and girls. Yeah. My sister and my mom are jealous of my eyelashes. Because <laughs> I got, like, these nice, full, curly eyelashes. That they didn't get. <laughs> yeah. I get that with the eyebrows all the time. Oh, I got big furry eyebrows. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what? So I guess you wanted to you, you kind of go into towards this rubber, but what we would add to that list. Well, uh, hold on. There, there's one more that needs to be made point of, and this is the most important one in my mind because I have carried one of these in my oh, pocket right. with almost every costume since I started back in 2005. A tied-to-go pen. 
I swear to God, these yeah. are miracle products. This is... It, it's literal witchcraft. It is. It is a magic wand in a pen. Hmm. They're amazing. Pivity boppity scribble. Yep, that's right. The suddenly... Oh, God, I got a little bit of pizza dribble on me. Ah! Time to go pen. <laughs> yeah, get Nobody can tell. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's technically a bleach pen, but it's so diluted that it yeah. doesn't do the normal uh, staining effect that happens with bleach normally. So it's it's the best thing ever. Like uh, the last time I've ever had like a tie to go, like I used to have white shoes once. Mm -hmm. uh, this is back in like high school, early high school, where I had white shoes and I bought a tie to go pen just to keep them white, basically. That's actually, I, I never understood why everyone takes pride in having like white shoes. It was you you literally walk with them. I know. Like, uh, I don't want my white shoes to get dirty. Have you thought of just fan. not ever wearing them then? Yeah, and put them in a glass box. And yeah. <laughs> wasn't that crazy. Only had the one tie to go. And then, you, like, the magic erase mark. Because, like, eventually your shoes get too dirty and you gotta might want to clean them a little bit. Uh, so you can do that and get, like, you get those, uh, uh, what, those magic erasers. Um, by like Mr. Clean, you can clean them up yep. that way, and then the Tide to Go pens work really well in the laces to get any dirt out of those, because white laces are really common. So, yeah, but I guess nowadays you just you can also just throw it in the washer and dryer, and that works just as well. Mm -hmm. I guess so, mm -hmm. but no, yeah, Tide to Go, smart thing, good method. Yeah. So, so Tyler, yeah, so let's see if I guess we all have at least one thing that we can add. So I guess we'll just go around and add one a piece. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say bobby pins. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Why yeah. bobby yep. pins? Just give an example why. Well, because well, you, you, it's almost like you don't need to give an example because of bobby pins. Because yeah. bobby pins are great for hair and all that kind of stuff. So you got wigs that are like not sitting right. You throw a bobby pin in there, or you've got hair that's underneath the wig I, that's not sitting right. Put some. Bobby I, I'd pins say in they're there. they're just like a an alternative to hair clips. Do they have hair clips on that list? They did. No. Didn't no. they? No. No, no. We, we kind of talked about them, but yeah. oh. no. No, they didn't. Yeah, they okay. didn't have hair clips or bobby pins or anything like that on there. Hmm. So that kind of seems weird, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems like it's something they have. It, unless they kind of fit into the safety pins thing, because it would also... I don't know. No, no, no. They're different than safety pins. I, I got to say that. Because, like, safety pins you use for clothes, bobby pins you use for hair. Maybe... It's just something that everyone always has, like, uh, or, or I guess commonly, stereotypically, females have, where there's the jokes of females just having tons of bobby pins, and mm. they're not exactly expensive in anything. You can go to the dollar school, uh, store, pick up like fifty for a buck. And for us in particular, though, like for like cosplay chess people, Mate, like we're moving around all the time, so like the amount of times that we've had wigs fly off our heads. Mm -hmm. Or uh, other people's heads. Other people's heads. Not that yeah, us. Yeah, not us. But it, it still happens. I mean, it does happen. But it helps prevent that. Because, yeah. yeah. Um, like I don't know. I also storing my wigs. I use bobby pins. So like I'll put it on the, uh, putting it on uh, like a mannequin head. There's some parts like that have huge spikes on them, and to keep those together while moving, you just throw a bobby pin in there, and then that keeps it from moving around or breaking because it's literally holding it together um and then you can take those bobby pins out when you get wherever you need to go let the wig kind of freshen up or everything do your freshening up of the wig that needs to happen um so yeah that's always 
they're they're good stuff. They they hold hair, and hair is a really important part of like cosplaying. So I'm gonna add something like that. They've already got two sided tape. They already got safety pins. Hmm. Maybe yep. glue. Hold on, you weave that for somebody else. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm kind of iffy on the glue because like if you got double sided tape, normally that's good enough. Yeah, depends. It, yeah, it all depends on what you're doing. And I will. You say, want to bring the pens as well? Like sure. <laughs> <laughs> for some people, that's a good idea. <laughs> If you gotta be waiting in line for panels for a couple of hours, yeah. depends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> but anyways, I'll take I'll take uh, glue then. You say glue? Gonna, yeah, I'm actually gonna say glue. What kind like, of glue? Epoxy. Epoxy, like a two part epoxy? No, just like a simple. Uh, not okay. Maybe like super glue. Super glue. Okay. Because like for small pieces, like for example, my helmet, my helmet for my Green Ninja helmet. Um, like the jewel, for example. Oh. Or even my belt from first from first year. Yes. Because we Robert had epoxy in in his in the room, and we put it in the, his room for like an hour or two, and that it set and it was fine. And also my little piece there, I think it's currently only being held on with hot glue. I think right now. Eh. Uh... I don't what little piece your gem the little the little red gem on your helmet i have no idea uh, um i don't, yeah, I don't I remember, remember how that goes i think yeah. i fought, i think i fixed it with hot glue hmm because like i remember my keyblade breaking and i had to basically <laughs> we we had zip ties and and uh gorilla glue and then that held it together gorilla glue the magic i'm glad for the zip ties because like if you don't have clamps Clamps are big and unwieldy. Zip tires are not, and you can cut them off. Yeah, you can cut them off, and they're they're small and they're easy to pack. And so you just zip tie it together, and it eeks, it does the same amount of pressure as like a clamp does, or more. And so you can get things because like when you glue things together, you normally want to put it under pressure and hold the two pieces together, uh, and then that will make a really secure uh, surface to glue to. And if you have zip ties, which work. Really, you kind of have to wiggle them around a little bit to get a good spot, but they're small, compact, and they work just as well as clamps if you're in a bind. So, you know, that, that seems so practical. I, I have no idea why I've never even thought of using zip ties as clamps. Because mm -hmm. that just makes often, sense. You normally just have clamps, though, don't you? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I, mean, I can't talk. I keep, I keep both in my toolbox. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like zip ties are also really convenient to have so you also have them normally um but you wouldn't go do you wouldn't jump for zip ties first it's normally when you're in a macgyver situation where like okay i need to fix this what do i have on hand you might more if you're on the road or something or in a quick fix you might have zip ties over clamps because they're yeah. probably more common they'd be mm -hmm. more practical or yeah because like even like a stray zip tie could just be lying around because they're that kind of thing that just randomly lies around on a table or something. So, yeah. Okay, Robert. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> we we kind of went over a few things there because, uh, yeah, definitely glue. Um, bring your own goddamn hot glue gun so you don't keep asking for mine, everybody. Because seriously, has there been a year in the time that you guys have known me where I have not had to go and run across town with my hot glue gun to go and save somebody's costume? Last year? Or this year? Still happened. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. To who? Katie. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I will really? say she's she's the most common one to have that problem. But here's the funny thing is because the hot there was a hot glue gun in that room. I should know. Yeah. Okay. I was there because I was helping fix someone's back. Uh, that's right. Um, yeah. But doesn't that just fall under glue too? Like if you bring an epoxy, well, it'd be. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm just more saying, just to go and get the joke out there because I ah. keep having to do that every year. Um, anyway, I am yeah. gonna get. I am gonna give two though, uh, just to make a quick point because one of them, this is more just to cover your own backs. Um, bring an extra wig head. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's that's one that you shouldn't need, but I. I don't know what it is. We always seem to be short one wig head whenever somebody either comes to the room or if something ends up coming in later that we're not expecting early on. So having an extra wig head is a great thing. Yeah, I wouldn't call that like a necessity, though, because you can always you can always make it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's just it. And that's why that's kind of the throwaway one. But just something I think is uh, worth going and bringing up the other thing. And. And I get the weirdest looks when I bring this up, but it has saved more people's asses than I think anything else that I keep in my 42-piece emergency convention toolbox. And yes, there is a literal toolbox, people. Fishing line. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because you can use it for just about anything. I mean, if you need to go and do a quick cosplay repair and you don't have the right colored thread with you, which, let's be honest, with everything we go and see people going and making, are you going to have the right colored thread for absolutely everything? It's pretty rare. It's basically transparent. You can't notice it. It's ultra strong. Uh, I go and bring the eight pound fishing line myself. That's an interesting idea to like sew with it. Yep. Yeah. I've heard it it doesn't come apart. It never does. Well, no, because it's fishing line. Yeah. (laughs) It's 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 strength. It's like strength rated. So it's it's strong. So it's thicker than sewing than uh, like thread. Mm -hmm. Um, General purpose thread anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, mo- yeah, because it's like, well, it's the thread is pretty thin, but like, yeah, fishing line is like strength and it's, it's smaller than one sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. like, yeah, no, that'd be super strong. And whatever you sew with it, you wouldn't really need to do a whole lot of stitching because it's strong enough just to hold things together. And yeah, it's it's either see through or normally it has a kind of greenish tint to it, doesn't it? Uh, depends, depends on what, what you're yet. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you'd try to aim for something clear. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever had fishing line that had a greenish tinge. Oh. It was mostly just transparent or clear. Hmm. I've, I, I've seen what Tyler's describing, and yeah, you could go and see that at a lot of hobby shops. Um, or silver, like I, silver yeah. is the next possible one that I've heard, I've seen. But that's oh, yeah. because that stuff has steel literally through the. Yeah, line. see, that, yeah. that's the thing is like that stuff is probably really strength rated, and you don't. That's for like deep sea fishing that you don't. You don't need that. You can get the cheapest, lightest grade fishing wire, and it's still going to be stronger than thread. So, yeah. and that'll probably be see through, be clear, and be really, really thin. And yeah, no, that's a, that's a, yeah, never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, I carry a four, six, and eight pound fishing line in my toolbox. I guess you can uh, also hang stuff as well if you can't like. Well, that's just it because you can use it to go and sew with you can use it to go and tie things up you can use it to go and suspend things uh you can even go and use it just going and wrapping it around an object you can use it to go and strengthen uh something uh 
you know, and weave it uh, to go and give it some strength without going and necessarily going and blocking something out if you don't have the right colored tape or something like that to go and patch something up. There, there's a lot of different uses for it. That's yeah. That, that is a it is a three dollar investment, and you will find hundreds of things to do with it when somebody goes and either breaks something or rips something. It's it's great. Yeah, it sounds it's like string is a pretty basic tool and like having basic tools like that normally are really good because then you can, well, the more basic and simple the tool or material is, the more things you can use it for. Yeah. So, yeah, and that you you will never know what you need it for until you have it and you go, oh, I could use this for it. Oh, I could use this for it. Oh, I could use this for it. Where yeah. if something breaks and you don't have that on you, then you never think about using it, but then... When it does, you're like, oh, well, I can just use this. And then you find a thousand different uses you never knew you could use it for, which is really great. So, yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting one. Yeah, uh, it, just a fun story. Um, I think a year before I met you guys, somebody dressed up as, uh, as Joffrey and went and had the crown and broke it and needed it for the cosplay contest. I was freaking out. Oh, we don't have time to glue it. And we tried doing hot glue, but it was actually melting whatever material it was that they had used for that. Mm. So I think it was a foam of some sort. So yeah. I had uh, my Dremel with me and I went and had the fishing line. So we just took my smallest bit, Dremeled through it and just went and tied these eight or nine pieces of this thing together, just weaving it through with the fishing line. And it held up long enough to get through the cosplay contest. So something we wouldn't have been able to go and do, you know, without something like that. So it's See, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, that actually is like a if a on an airplane like, uh, you know, like personal aircrafts, if a window breaks um, or cracks or something, the official repair is to like drill holes like that. Take it actually be wire and then you'd, you'd uh stitch it and weave it through and then tie it together and then you put like epoxy over that and then that would be an official like sanction safety patch for it to like keep mm -hmm. the window together you'd basically be doing that where you drill holes stitch it together with a um uh, metal or like i guess something really strong like that and then just put a little bit of epoxy into the hole so it seals it and then you can use that for there's a certain time Allowed. How would you thread that through a, a cog? Oh, never mind. Uh... Uh, well, you drill holes and then you thread that. So you can use that. You basically, you're allowed to use that for a certain amount of time, and that time's allowed to go. Okay, go get another window and replace it. But it's it's a sanctioned uh, official safety fix for doing airplane windows, and normally things that are airplanes have a lot of safety in them because it's a lot of dangerous stuff and going up in the air and dying and all that stuff so if it's good enough for an airplane then it's normally good enough for everything else and that's your airplane fun fact for the day yeah yep but there's there's a lot of airplanes aren't just well they're they're pretty darn safe and then there's a lot of rickety things that kind of go into it but then you yeah. you'd be surprised how little you actually need to be safe so people overthink things quite a bit and where I was like, well, no, I just like aluminum, all these basic stuff and you throw it together and then you got a flying plane and it's good enough to keep you alive. And you're not, you don't die as easy as you think you can, but you also can die really easy for the weirdest things. <laughs> well, it, like, like everyone, everyone freaks out about turbulence and like 
turbulence is literally nothing to an airplane. The yeah. only reason they put on like the safety, uh, the seat belts and the safety light is to calm people down who would freak out. Yeah, turbulence is not going to affect an airplane in any way, shape, or form. Nope. No. Yeah, Unless it's like a tornado. No. Well, that's more than just slight turbulence. Yeah, that's. Well, oh, yeah, but it's, it's still to you because you were just saying turbulence, and I, I was like, well, some see, that, turbulence... see, Cole's that kind of person. That's yeah. the guy that they're trying to warn. Where he calls and go, oh, we're flying into tornado right now. No, it's just turbulence. <laughs> if we're flying in tornado, he... yeah, go go put on your seatbelt and re- put your yeah. tray table I'm not, up. Okay, I'm not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. I'm just horrible during takeoff and landing. See, those are my favorite parts, man. I don't know what's wrong with you. Man, it's it's really fun. It is. Because yeah. you're there, you feel the G-force. You, just, you go go limp and you're fine. I'm fine when I have the right type of gravel. <laughs> uh, okay. my, my very, very first time flying ever, we were on like a super small plane. Not not really like a private one, but it, I, don't, I don't really remember how many people were on it. But there weren't a lot. And we were flying to uh, San Diego. And when we were landing, he was literally like 90 degrees sideways and we were just freaking out because he was landing like on his wing. And then finally he just he like just quickly turned hard to the left and the plane rotated and we barely landed on the tires and it was like super, super rough landing. But for some reason, I'm not afraid of planes. (laughs) So, with that tangent, I think we should move on to the fandom of the week, I suppose. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Sure. Sounds good to me. All right, where's that switch? Um, I have a new table, so i got to find it here. Ah, here it is. What is a fandom? Movies. TV, anime, web series, anything can become one. But the internet has made them into something more. Wars have been fought over whose fandom is the greatest. Families, friendships, and marriages have all been lost in these battles. Every week, we see who has what it takes to be the best. It's Rob's Stone Cold Pick of the Century for this week. Let's see who has what it takes to be it this week. All right, Robert. Theme song complete. Uh, I feel like you keep giving me shit over it. I'm not giving you shit. Cole gives shit over everything. He, he, He... He he is a sad, sad man, and he just complains hey. things. Well, yeah, I know. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna go there. I'm I'm salty. He, he's made me salty now. No, no. Uh, you gotta you gotta be proud of your of your theme. Be oh, I'm very it. proud of my theme. No, me me and I Ross. Like I actually do really theme. really like the theme. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Yes. Yeah. So, it, it, it's something. It's it's yep. it's it is something. It's something. It's definitely something. Yeah, yeah. It is a thing that is there that we listen yep. to. Yes, yes, it is that. Okay. All right. So yes. Anyway, thank you for sticking with us. I'm not sure why you're still here, but we thank you for it anyway. Welcome to Rob Stone Cold Pick of the Century. 
for this week, also known as the Fandom of the Week. And this week we are uh, we're doing something a little different uh, because of some interesting information that came out very late last week. Uh, IGN went and broke a story talking about some of the footage they've seen from the Assassin's Creed movie shoot, which is actually looking like it might be a decent movie. I'm actually an really actually good here. video game adaptation. Whoa. I know, it seems almost unheard of, except for Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry, mine was a good one. Wreck-It oh, Ralph yeah. is not a, like a, it's not an adept, I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not an adaptation so much yeah. as like an homage, I guess. It, yeah. Exactly. It's a video game movie, but it's not based on a video game movie. So it's So it's got all the references, but it still has its own story. <laughs> exactly, and and that's what we love it for. So, in honor of the fact that the Assassin's Creed movie actually looks like it has some hope, as well as the fact that we just generally like talking about this stuff, uh, this time around, the fandom of the week is video game movies. Love them or hate them, we all have, uh, we all have that one we like to talk about. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're going with this time around. Everybody, uh, everybody feel like they got something in mind? Um... Kind of. I got some theories. Huh? All right. All right. So uh, if that's the case, then Tyler, why don't you start us off? Oh, okay. Um, first, I want to point out Cole has written down one that he has written as a video game movie, but it was actually a, uh, <laughs> a comic. I was not going to comment on that, but I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah close enough. It, it was and then a, it became a video, or then it became a movie, and then it became a video game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got video game homages to it too, but it's actually a movie based on a comic. So, yeah, yeah this, this fine. Is I'll change what that it. Is. <laughs> For the kids at home, it's Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, yeah, it's so actually it, a terrific movie. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah. It's actually yeah. one of my favorite book series too. Yeah, same here. But that kind of falls under Wreck-It Ralph of it being yeah. homage yeah. to yeah. video game stuff. Because, like, they have a lot of video game and references in it to it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll allow anything directed by Edgar Wright to stay in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, had he said Hot Fuzz, I would allow that to, I would have allowed that to stay. Hot Fuzz <laughs> is my favorite video game. So, does it have to be one <laughs> that you think game. was good, or can we just talk about it? Uh, just, just whatever... Well, here's the thing. It could be a bad movie as long as it's something that you love for one reason or another. That's really what oh. I'm looking for. Because, like, oh. Blood Rain, can, that Louis Ball movie, oh my god, that is one of the worst pieces of shit ever made. But damn it, I will watch it just to go and scream at it and laugh at it. it it's just great. Okay, okay then I'll, I, I, okay, I picked one that I shake my head at because it got so bad. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll go with that. But for right now, Tyler, okay, why don't you go and enlighten us with yours? Okay, we're jumping into the deep end. Um, I put something other word that we're not going to talk about that yet. I'm going to talk about the concept of why video game movies are notoriously bad. Now, that's a thing where... You're not by interest. <laughs> video game movies, more often than not, are bad. They're, they're not good movies. Um, even though it sounds like the perfect concept of you love to play video games, so seeing a movie of it should be perfect and will work out, but it never does. And now, here's, here's a couple of theories. One, video games don't have good stories. 
Whoa! Yep, yeah, well, that's a thing. That's a thing. Um, what games are you playing? Now, that's uh, on, because... Yeah. That's because... Um, video games are interactive. Now, hold on. Hold on. So, video games, you're... You're dealing with more than just sitting there and watching it. You're interacting with it. You're playing with it. So that gameplay, like think of it as like a pie chart. You got to get up to a hundred percent. Gameplay takes up a big chunk of that. So yeah. it could have a mediocre story, but if you still have good gameplay, you're going to go play the game and you're still going to react to it positively. And yes, yeah, it's, it's a difference of immersion. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and so you're basically taking away a dimension of the content where you play a video game, you're immersed into it because you're playing it. Your actions have consequences opposed to just sitting down in a theater and being there in the movie and watching this thing just kind of unfold. And so those kind of movies that are normally video game movies, they're all just story. And a lot of the stories aren't really deep concepts. Um, Like it's normally there's a bad guy. You go deal with the bad guy. And in a movie, it's just nothing really folds under that. In a video game, it's you dealing with the bad guy. So you go have like maybe guns or something. And you, you spend a couple hours or something like shooting to get through some facility or something you can't really show that on a movie because it's not entertaining in a movie. So this, uh, like maybe a mission in a game that took you maybe half an hour to an hour to complete is about five minutes in a movie. So it's not really, not really immersive. So you're losing a whole aspect of it. And so that's a good way of saying, yeah, video game movies, they don't have story. Like, uh, here's, here's a concept. Um, the Mario movie. <laughs> can, can we not? Can we just skip that? Yeah, we got to bring yeah. it up. What oh, no. is the no, story of Mario? He's a plot for saying a princess. Wait a minute. Are we talking about the live action one? The Super Mario yeah. Bros. movie where they oh. weren't actually brothers. They were mm. father and son. Wait, were oh, they father and son in that movie? No. I'm not joking. <laughs> I wish yep, that was they a were. joke. I s- really? I swear Mario, Mario. No, no, Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. Something... <laughs> Some, I I feel like that's that's getting a little like uh, like you're you're pointing out a game like a classic game, and the movie was made long ago, so it's based off like the classic, yeah. where stories didn't really matter because video games were still a relatively new medium, so True. people just liked playing them. If you take a modern game, like 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 a Mass Effect movie or something. Or, ah, or even yeah. like Halo. Those yeah. are games. Those are games that like. Oh, there there is a live action Halo adaptation, it is. and it's it is. actually we'll talk genuinely about that a good. Later. Yeah. <laughs> um, District District Thirteen was supposed to be a Halo movie, mm-hmm. um, and then that kind of fell through, and then they came out with that. So it could have it could have been a Halo movie, uh, but it just it didn't. Uh, yeah. They just had a whole lot of drama. Drama, not drama. Um, things fell through. Yeah, well, and Tyler, to your point here, there's actually a big, or there's actually a lot of discussion points around this because actually there's a great example that a lot of people aren't even aware of. 
Uh, a lot of people are familiar with uh, Sony's PlayStation Plus service uh, that mm-hmm. they have on the PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and PlayStation 4. They've started working into production of their own original content. Uh, their first series was Powers. Oh. At the same time, yeah, at the same time that they were working on that, which was very much, yeah. Uh, while they were working on that project, they were also looking into producing movies. And this is where things get a little interesting. So they were working on producing a infamous movie. Yes. But they ended, but they ended up dropping the plans for it pretty quickly. Yes. Because they realized they couldn't do it because the story is great for a game. But the narrative isn't structured enough to be adapted into that sort of uh, of a perspective. Either you'd have to go and add a lot of content in to make it work, or you'd have to go and compress it down into basically a short film, which wasn't on what the studio was trying to do in the first place. I, I was actually really excited when I read the news that they were going to make an infamous movie, and my brother and I were just tossing ideas back and forth how they could actually like compress it, or even get across like the moral the the differences in morality about like choosing good or evil. They would have to only keep it to one route in the game, and I feel like that would take away from the whole experience overall. Either way, it would still be a good story. But it wouldn't be the same. Mm, yeah, yeah, no. It's it's the thing is you lose, you lose dimensions, um, and so you're not, and that's just not really appealing because it's hard to go from more to less. Yeah, and so it, it just doesn't become entertaining. Um, but this brings up um, mo- uh, video games that are very cinematic is another mm-hmm. thing to talk about. Where Final Fantasy thirteen literally a movie <laughs> yeah um i guess uh which solid snake was really had lots of cut scenes but i wanted i wanted to bring up um naughty dog mm-hmm. their movies are pretty um uh, famous for being shot like movies like their their video games are like movies like play. i would totally watch an uncharted movie yeah mm-hmm. it's because it's almost like an uncharted movie where they, yeah he goes yeah. on some crazy things and all the cutscenes is where a lot of cool things happen well even uncharted you do that stuff during gameplay too or um because mm-hmm. i remember like i i just went back and thought of like what happened in uncharted 3 um mm-hmm where he goes and ends up on a uh, cruise ship that sinks and then he comes up and lands and he goes to the desert, gets lost in the desert, finds, uh, finds a temple. And it's just like that stuff that happens in a movie. It's, you could shoot that as a movie very, very easily or in the second yeah. one where he's like on a train and that falls off. And oh, even God. The, the way they played in the game where like Jay jump forward in time and back and forth, where it's like, this is starts the movie off on the train. And then it goes like a couple weeks late earlier. Of like how he got there and then so, shows up there again and just like it was yeah it's it's very cinematic so petition to make an uncharted movie ah oh, they already have those though they're called indiana jones yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's very true although there were plans or well i shouldn't say plans they were actually approached by uh I think it was Lionsgate, if I remember correctly, about going and making an Uncharted movie uh, based on Uncharted 2. And the basic <laughs> point they made was you'd have to split this into two, possibly three films in order to tell the story right. The studio wasn't interested in committing that much uh, time and money into one of these projects. So they ended up walking away from it, even though they were the ones that went and approached them about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got yeah. Dane's handle. 
Oh, cool. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah, so if somebody uh, wants to challenge Dane to a fight, what's the handle they need to look up? H-E-V-N. <laughs> uh, Heaven. Huh. Haven. I've, I've never heard of him. That's fair. Um, so I guess it's actually, let's see, we kind of got, did we get sidetracked? I'm not sure anymore. No, no we're talking uh, about... It was still on topic. Yeah, okay, this good. is all yeah, video yeah. game movies. Uh, this oh, yeah. is talking about the concept of video games being more like movies opposed oh, yeah. to movies being about video games. I'm actually hoping that they make Uncharted into a movie. Um, or at least one part of it. Oh, yeah. I guess they might not. Like it, the, the games are already like movies to begin with. Mm. And I think trying to turn that into a movie um, would be equivalent to just sitting down and watching all the cutscenes because... Yeah. Well, like the main the main idea of making a movie adaptation isn't just to appease the fans; it's to expand the demographic. People sure. who people who don't really play video games they could still go see the movie, get interested in it, and then potentially go play the video game, or at least like talk to somebody and have a conversation with, like, a group who does play the video game. Yeah. So, but. Um, maybe you brought up uh, how making video games from movies now might actually work because of how much story in them, but I don't know. It really... What happens when we get I, the... I Whoa, wait, no. They've got a Warcraft movie yeah, coming it, out. Yeah. The Assassin's Creed movie is coming out. Um, Ratchet and Clank is coming out. I feel like Ratchet and Clank's not really going to be... It's literally going to be like the cutscenes all put together in from the video game, and it's just going to be that. Um, I'm excited for it because I really like Ratchet and Clank, but I'm not. I feel like I'm just going to be watching a lot of cutscenes together, which is what, what I'm expecting. And if I get that, then that's fine. They can't really get any worse than that. Um, but yeah, no, they've got some big movies coming out that are about video games, and so maybe that is a shift in what to expect when you go out and see that things. But then there are still movies like Cole has written down here, uh, Hitman, mm-hmm. um, where the late, there, they had two Hitman movies out, which were, I don't know, they weren't, weren't great. They were, well, I, I, they were those are weird movies. ones because I think if you're not a Hitman fan, they're actually pretty watchable. The problem um, is, if you played the games, I don't know if you... Like, one... Well, because the problem with the games is they're kind of serious, but then they're kind of silly. Like, there's a yeah. weird undertone of just being laughably funny I mean, and silly. and that, that depends on the player. I know. See, that's the thing. That is the thing, is it's completely depending on the player. So each person who's played the game going into that movie... They'd have a different experience. Completely. And that's a big difference for video game movies is because each person who was going to watch this movie has already had their own experience and it can be completely different from person to person which is kind of not what you're trying to do when you're making a movie you want to hit every audience wherever if the audience comes in and already has their own opinion of how this movie is going to be and you're just trying to shoot for those many different things it just never really works because you basically have to go to the lowest common denominator which is a very very basic story it just doesn't really have substance i guess um but another thing i want to bring up are 
But yeah. But the thing uh, is, like with that, just kind of going along with the fact was like it depends on the player. It's like I played like for example, one of my favorites was Blood and Money. I think it was. Um, and Blood thir- Money, yeah. Yeah, Blood Money, and I played that game like the standard way that you think it would hit man. I was like creeping in, doing all the thing, and then also I played the same game where I'm like, "Hi, welcome, welcome to this spa. Bang, 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 kill everybody in the place. Okay, mission's done." Just throw on fire extinguishers. Pretty much. <laughs> Dressing up as Or just clowns. still, just no, like, yeah, don't like, you you uh, set up like an assault, an assault rifle and just mow everybody down and and then and then finish the mission as you go and leave a, a, a hill of like 20 bodies. <laughs> but like, how can you watch, you can, can you watch that as a movie? Is that the movie you're going there to watch? No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, like, that's the, like, I'm just saying that's kind of like with that. But if you try and just play it the standard way, I can understand kind of just playing the, uh, the way that it just all goes. Um, but I guess if you, you can't really do that, like to do a mission in a movie two different ways, unless you're specifically playing it as like, Oh, I'm in a video game. Yeah. I guess. Um, what I want to bring up is now a common game type for indie games, which is like the narrative story, mm-hmm. where they're telling you a story and you're basically walking through it. Um, so, like games like uh, Gone Home or uh, Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Until or, Dawn. Yep. Um, Ironically, walk, I was Walking just, Dead. Ironically, I was just well, Walking Dead. Peek at my. Yeah. Uh, at my Twitter, and literally at the thing is a screen cap of Life of Strange of someone that I follow who's playing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, um, Fire. What's the name of that one? I oh, oh I just forget. Fire Emblem. No, not Fire Emblem. No, story nar- narrative games. Cool. Oh, we sto- totally watch a Fire Emblem ga- uh, movie. Um, I I wouldn't because there's too much content there. You you couldn't make just one movie out of that. Out of Fire Emblem Awakening? I, I think Awakening would be better as an anime series. They had Telltale? You mean like Telltale games? Firewatch. That's what I remember. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Telltale has their episodic gaming, which is kind of like... I don't know. That, that's a whole different topic. We'll keep yeah. it yeah. <laughs> different topic. But like they had um, uh, Symphon- uh, Tales of Symphonia. Mm, yeah, the Tales. Yeah, they had that as a anime. Yeah. So it would work, and like that's that's a way of doing it is like splitting it up into smaller, uh, smaller episodes, and then you could actually get a story across pretty quickly, um, or doing it as um, mini series. So it's like four episodes of like it's basically making, like, making two, making two movies, but cutting up into four episodes. So it's like each episode's an hour long, and that was a really popular way of doing it. So it'd be. More than making out of a series out of it, but less than making a movie out of it. It kind of fit in between the two, and so it had not like a huge budget, but enough to make it. But that, that's that's something different. But uh, Firewatch. Yeah, Firewatch. That was the other one. That's like a narrative where you're basically walking through it, and they're telling you a story, and you just have to move the progression along. Yeah. Um, and so that's your interactive. It's now it's not much of. It's it's definitely t- changing games now. Um, games are having a whole lot more story than they used to. Cause... Yeah, that, that's what I was bringing up earlier, was that modern games are actually expanding the narratives of them. Like, 
they're going in a different direction with it. Well, so, at least some are. So who knows? Maybe maybe the video game movies are going to get really, like, are going to get better and not poor movies like they've been for the longest time. Um, but like, I guess Ratchet and Clank's coming out. I don't. Like I said, I think it's just going to be basically cutscenes all put together. Um, but then you do have the World of Warcraft movie, and you do have the Assassin's Creed movie. It's really interesting where they're going to come from those. Um, what other movies did they have that are pretty recent that came out? Well, if I can go and roll into what I actually was going to talk about here, um, Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn, which is yeah. basically acting as a prequel to Halo 4 specifically, but also to really all of the Halo games that have come out currently uh, as well. There's a lot of play into that. Uh, talking about the first interactions with the Covenant that popped up. And that was kind of an interesting case because originally it was being produced as a web series. And you could definitely tell that there were cut points that they had in there that were designed to be obvious breaks for it for like a YouTube feed, four to five minute periods. And then this absolutely epic finale sequence that lasts for about 20 minutes. Um but a movie like that only really is able to exist because, and I hate to say this, the Halo games do such a poor job of really conveying story for the most part. Like a lot of it is subtext that they bring up there, but it's more about the Halo books uh, that the real richness of the story comes through in. Yeah. So that that's able to make it work. And the problem with a lot of these, you know, with a lot of these video games and trying to make them into movies is that we went from having very limited stories. I mean, people are still debating about what a lot of the uh, backstory stuff is with the original Super Mario Brothers games. Like, mm -hmm. just go on to Game Theory oh, uh, on YouTube yeah. and just check out, check out that stuff. And it's like, you can't even go and tell reading the owner's manual. And I actually have the owner's manual for the original Mario Brothers. There's yeah. a story that they imply in there. And it hardly makes it, it honestly doesn't make any sense. Like it is so unless you do a lot of research. Well, yeah, because the concept is the through what Bowser turned all the uh, Bowser turned the citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom into blocks. Yeah, yeah. the bricks and Mario is going around killing everyone, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, <laughs> that means the but if you also aren't the citizens. If... And so it's like there's the whole concept is like, oh, is a. Uh, is Princess Peach actually invading and like taking over everyone? And then Bowser's actually supporting and trying to free people. And then Mario is just there. And all the Goombas are the actually the actual people that are yeah, there. Yeah, they're the yeah. that's the king. Mario just can't keep his dick in his pants. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's just it. There's, it's they didn't have anything. Well, I shouldn't say anything. Hang, they didn't have a clear enough direction to the first. Uh, really to the first game because i will say uh you know mario 2 basically didn't happen it's <laughs> it's, it's not canon uh, mario 2 or mario 3 no Mar mario 2 that was just a dream <laughs> well i think actually... mario 3 is the play isn't it no that's mario 2 that's mario 2 which one's mario 3 then well no mario 3 mario 3 is done like a play so a lot of people wonder about that one. Oh my god we're getting so off topic here but yeah no um, that, i think that's that i think that became yeah. canon that mario 3 because it starts with like the play like the curtain yeah with the curtains and all that and so yeah, the fact that it looks like set pieces and it's supposed it became canon like i think it was 
it was said somewhere that actually it is supposed to be a play. Yeah. So it's not actually canon story thing. It's it's a play. They're yeah, putting but, on a play. Yeah, but it it still has its actual place inside of the timeline of Mario games, which is weird to yes. go and say considering I mean, the fact that the I mean, so way. does like Super Mario Tennis. <laughs> yeah, technically, I it's yeah, it's not like with Mario Two where it was actually a different game and they just went and put Mario character skins over it and just went and had this uh, end picture of Mario dreaming. Like that's that's how they tied that in. <laughs> Cool. You know, it's it's yeah, it doesn't really have a place there. So we went from games like that, which had a horrible, you know, the first video game movie, which was god awful. But look at but how now, limited they were back then. Yeah, that's just it. But that's the that's the point, though. So we went from that to now look where we're at with some of these stories, even though, OK, you can go and take all of the cutscenes from Final Fantasy 13 and go <laughs> and put them together and basically go and have a two hour story sequence it doesn't make for a good movie. You'd have to go and have extra content in there to go and soften transitions, which, you know, for a video game you get in all the in-between areas we're actually fighting or going and exploring. That's what gives you the ability to go and bridge all that information inside of a game. So you'd have to go and extend that two or three or even four times out trying to go and have sequences that help fully explain what they're doing and to go and give you relatable moments with these characters because I hate to say this, if you just watch the cutscenes for Final Fantasy Thirteen, you will never fall in love with any of these characters. You play no. the game. I've played the game, them. and I still don't. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, okay. Final Fantasy Thirteen is probably not the best example. but I, Final I, Fantasy Seven, Advent I, Children, that's a good movie. See, oh, there, that, that's, 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 a, that's a good concept. Is like, I yeah. really like Advent Children. That, that's a sequel, yeah. though. They had all the, like, they could literally write whatever they wanted. They weren't crunched on time or space. Well, then exactly. they also had uh, what uh, spirits, spirits within. Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't part Let's of it. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's the other example of a not very good video game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wait. A... I got it. Miyamoto confirms that Super Mario Bros. Three was a play. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is true. This came out in September yeah. 10, twenty fifteen. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, no, that... I believe. Yeah. No. No. I I, I do. You weren't crazy. It's just... oh, okay. I'm not crazy. I'm not it's crazy. still a can. It's still a canon piece in the storyline. Just yes, Mario it's 2 like, is not, yeah. It's canon as a play, though. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but it's so. still considered canonical, unlike Mario 2, which that... <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about Mario 2. Can we just pretend Mario 2 never existed? <laughs> so, but no, yeah. But, like, I guess those games are old, and, like, when you make games like that, you're not really planning for the story. Yeah. You're just like, hey, I made a game. A thing yeah. that's new in this time that doesn't really exist, and it's really hard to do. So... It's okay to be like, ah, the story doesn't really make too much sense, but you don't really, it's not, you're not there for the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's just it. But now, I, I hate to say this, I don't know if video game movies can ever work because we've gone from having nothing to having too much for a movie. But God, are you telling me that if we didn't take some of this stuff like Uncharted, you know, we've talked about on how we'd all love to see that as a movie. Wouldn't you guys love to go and see a Walking Dead or Daredevil style television series based on uncharted tell mm. me that doesn't write itself versus a movie trying to go and take little elements and go and turn that into a coherent and well done two-hour film well, hey uh netflix is actually planning on making a legend of zelda tv series oh no that was uh no that was uh that was the ign april fool's prank and, was it and... really 
it was. was. It the, oh god, it was. It was. It was, it oh, was damn, whatever it was. It was torn off to be false and not actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an April Fool's thing, and then somebody, it was like Gawker or something like that, said a couple of months ago that they were uh, looking to go and do a Legend of Zelda series, and Nintendo came out like the next day and went and said, "No, who's saying this?" Yeah, <laughs> okay. We won't allow any Western properties to go and do this. We got screwed in the late '80s with the uh, <laughs> in the cartoon. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the Mario Brothers uh, Super Show and uh, well, Captain excuse and all that. me, princess. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Fan of the week's over. <laughs> that is all the right. line to end this on. Yeah, oh already. Get me the zombies. I'm I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, the zombie band. Hey guys. Okay, man, let's... looks like they're all set. Uh, let me let me play them off of the bongos. Okay. What was the name of the bass player? The the. Uh... Never mind. They're tuning here a little bit. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'm not even gonna try and guess their names now. It looks like they all switched instruments. <laughs> See, the problem is some of them fall apart and then they put their pieces back together, but they grab the other person's piece. So, like, Dale and Bob, they've got each other's torsos right now. So one's actually, like, uh, Dob and the other is Bale. Um, so it's really confusing. I understand. I understand. Is he, is he a Christian? Is he a Christian? Is he a Christian Bale? Uh, he came back to life, so. <laughs> but it was after three days. <laughs> And just went right over his head. This has never happened before. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyways. Alright. Two. One, two. Ah, it's time for Tyler's Anime Corner. Now, in Tyler's Anime Corner, once a week, I, Tyler, ask a question about anime. And my friends come up with an anime to fit that question. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes... It's just plain weird. But what it always is, is very enlightening. Now this week's question is, what anime would you require students to watch if you ran an otaku class? Otaku class. Let's see what my friends come up with on this week's Tyler's Anime Corner. Okay. We're here. Woot. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, they're gone. There you go. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, no shtick this week. No, no, that, that was it. That... Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we did our stick. Yep, that's right. That's right. Actually, I'm pretty sure one of them had a stick through their arm, but... Ooh! <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. But anyway... Yes. Uh, Tyler, would you like to explain a little bit on where this question came from? Because... Oh, this actually came from awesome. you. If you want to get all the glory, <laughs> that's what you're trying to point out there. It's... No, no, no. I, I wasn't saying that. No. Hint, just... hint, nudge, nudge. I was like, uh, I was trying to think of. I've already come up with most of the questions. I, I tried to plan to like when I first started this is to ask people to ask questions. Like that was a theory of like I was going to ask the guest what the next question would be, but then no, it never really panned that out. Or I was going to get like a people just to come up with a bunch of questions and I throw them in a hat and I slowly pick those out. I never really got that far either. So I was just like, I can't think of a question. What question? Well, I've asked other people that before too. Um, I gave some you of them, some recommendations. Yeah, you did. Um, some of them came from my mom too. Um, 
and then I've come up with other ones I'll just be thinking. But this time I was just like, what question would you guys ask? And so Rob was like, well, I saw this article on what it's like uh, in Japan where they actually have anime and manga classes of like what it would be like that. And then they had the curriculum of what you have to do on that. Um, and it was pretty strenuous of like watching at least 20 episodes a week of an anime. That's easy mode. I know, right? <laughs> easy mode. And the way they talked about it is it'd be like an actual, basically doing a film class, but the film class would be on anime and manga. And I was like, well, that's, it's not an easy A, but like you do this stuff, if you're really into uh, anime and manga, then you'd, you'd probably fly through it pretty quickly. Like they'd be like, hey, watch these episodes. And like, I already watched those episodes. You I'm already rewatched done. those episodes. Already did that too. So, um, yeah. Watch it until you've seen it five times. Yeah, there you go. So, it was it was a good, interesting question. So it's like it's kind of a unique situation. I want to start asking more questions like this mm-hmm. um, because it goes. It really makes you think of like it's not like what was your first anime? What was your favorite anime? What was the funniest anime? It's just like weird situation. Come up with this anime to do it. So. Um, since Rob, you came up with it, you kind of ah. spurred this question. I'm gonna set you up first. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, um, racked my brain on this one. Um, literally up until about 20 minutes before we started recording the podcast, did the answer come to me? Uh, if I had to require students to watch an anime for a class, I'd want to do something with some historical significance. Uh, so did a little bit of research, and I ended up settling on the original Mobile Suit Gundam. And yes. yeah, the the reason why is a pretty basic one. Uh, there've been a lot of action animes in the past. There were a lot of robot animes in the past. There wasn't a lot of political dramas that really existed before this. This is really what started the big boom of. Uh, I don't want to say controversial, but thought-provoking animes that started really catching on in the early 80s and really has evolved into what we have today. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love series like Gurren Logan, which are just built on testosterone. And I don't know. Gurren Logan really spoke to me, where it talked yeah. about, like, it, it, they're, they're the guys who make those animes. They're really... On the surface, they're really fan service and action-y and basic stuff. But then you actually get into the series, and then there's a lot of underlying tones. And that one really talked to it. Like, it spoke to my mortality of, like, how quickly civilization advances and how much can change and how small you kind of are. So that's, that's my piece on Gurren Logan. So Well, that's just it. And if you want to go and trace it back, I mean, in a lot of respects, that's what Mobile Suit Gundam was. Because you're talking about... There's this sub. You're going and watching this, and you're going and thinking, "Oh, it's a space drama about guys fighting each other in mobile suits, and it's very memeable." You know, now these days we, you know, see them as memes. You There's know, a meme about everything these days. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you go and paint it red, it's three times faster. So says Star <laughs> Asnable Logic. <laughs> yeah, you see things like that, but then you realize that it's really a political drama that's going on between two factions of humanity uh those who are largely stuck on earth uh 
that are trying to go and maintain a certain social order that's existed for, you know, basically the whole of humanity. And then you have this basically space empire that started to develop in the last 20 years of space colonization with the Zabi family and them trying to go and promote themselves as being a higher class of humans. So it's, there's a uh, lot of analogs you can go and see to, you know, the world around us that's inside of that. And it's all built up in this really well put together. And at the time, very well animated action show. Uh, so it's, it's, it's got a lot of historical significance. And I feel like that's something that, I hate to say this, I feel like anime has lost something in the last couple of years. It's stuck like, in a I certain just... hole, I guess. Like, yeah, because it's in a it's... rut. Yeah, I, I saw a trailer and it's going all over Facebook and the internet as a whole. Like, I can't remember who it was. I saw, like, it wasn't Good Morning America, it was one of the morning shows. Uh, talking about this one where it's girls that are part horses that are track racers and idols and high schoolers and lesbians. Moe needs to die. And it's like, <laughs> oh my god, is this what we've become? Anyways, uh, yeah. another thing about Mobile Suit Gundam, though, is that it is about, like, the, the political drama, but the actual main idea behind Gundam uh, from, like, the creator himself, what inspired him to create the series, was not just the political drama, but the idea of innocence being pulled into the drama and eventually lost. That's why the main character, Amuro, is a kid and all these other kids are basically just shoehorned into white base and thrown into the depths of war against their will. It, it's the idea of like the, uh, uh, the horrors of war through the eyes of the youth, which really actually opened the eyes of people because this hadn't been done before. Like it has so many times now, basically that's like Gundam's shtick is, uh, war is bad, innocent people in the middle of war, but like, the original Mobile Suit Gundam was the original. Yeah. No, you just perfectly conveyed that point right there. I wasn't sure on how to go and approach Amaro's whole storyline, and you just did that beautifully. I, Bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's, that, that's just it. Because it has been done a lot of times, especially by Gundam, because that's like every third series, they just try to rehash that same storyline over and over and over and over and over and over again. But it works uh, because the animation's beautiful and giant robots. Oh dear God, Gundam Double O. I, I I don't really like the pretty boy character models, but damn, that series made me a believer in it. It, it liked, found a way. I like found Gundam. a way. Yeah. Uh, okay, I gotta stop talking now. If I go start getting on a Double O tangent, we'll be here for three or four hours. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well then, I'm gonna go to Cole next. Cole, what's what's your what's your answer to this question? My answer to the question is that I pretty much went back to the very first anime that really kind of got me into it, and what one that brought me back into it. Because, like I've said before, I've only had one, like three channels when I was growing up, and the one that I kind of picked that was on really early was Digimon. Um. 
and and when I say this for the for a class, I would say maybe like the first arc, like the you do you know what I mean by that? Did you mount adventure? Yeah. Yes, but and what I mean by that is like first arc where they're in their learning and trying to get along before they go back to the real world. Yeah, it's back when they're still trapped in the digital world. Yes. Back when seven young kids went to camp for the summer and wound up living in a digital land. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fair. But yeah, exactly. That one was the my very ever it's my very first digital. anime that I ever watched so, and the one that I enjoyed the most. So, and I, I think that would be a very good one, mostly for the fact that it, it shows growth. I'm wearing a Digimon Kigu right now. Yeah, I know. That's what I find hilarious. Um, wearing Terrier Mon. I want a Gabumon yeah. one. Pretty sweet. Go <laughs> but yeah, um, but going from that, though, it's one of the... Um, but yeah, just doing that, I would rather... It, it shows the growth of the characters getting to know each other and trying to trust each other and everything like that. And... And, and their new companions and everything like that. And I think that's a really nice kind of way to kind of just teach, start that off. Okay. That's kind of an interesting one as well, because that, even in Japan, that really was billed as a kid's show, but it actually had some deep relationship concepts in there. Yeah, outside of just, oh, trust your partner and all that. I, I feel like, I feel like that plays out more yeah. later on yeah, than, it, than in the first one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of got a little campy into yeah. the second one, though. Yeah. Yeah. You mean I, when I they know. go back in the real world? No, no, no. I mean Digimon Adventures Two. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I, it's this, I, like the uh, the younger ones, basically. Um, yeah, because they start getting a little bit campy. Like, because before, yes, when it was the Digimon Adventures One, um, it was about trusting your friends, and then that's how the Digimon Digivolved is because like through friendship but then when there's the point where Ty makes Agumon forcefully Digivolve to champion instead of going to Metal Greymon the first time it goes to Skull Greymon mm -hmm. which is like a uh, I guess what their representation of uh, trying to force things you're not you're not supposed to do that it, the reason they he was able to uh, Digivolve to um, that wasn't champion that was ultimate form um was through friendship because he needed they the friendship prevailed but then he wanted him to do it the next time and so he forced him and then that's why it went wrong because you can't force friendship like that mm. so it was it was coming of age it was a little bit of growth D digimon stuff. is a very coming of age anime it's a, it's very bare bones the lessons taught are like moral lessons that everybody should know right yeah 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 like that's that's how you learn it. You learn it through books or um, watching people or watching movies, I guess. So it's it's all that kind of stuff. Uh, totally. So yeah, that's, that's a good example of that. And just random quick question: What's everybody's favorite? Favorite what? Digimon. Favorite Digimon? Yeah. Series or actual Digimon? Actual. Wergarurumon. Uh, I'm gonna take a, a Wergarurumon. Oh geez, who did I like? I, hate, I don't know. I, I like a bunch of them. It's hard yeah, to I say hate... which one's my favorite. Gabumon was a... like my homeboy. <laughs> like, are we yeah. talking like all Digimon or just like main character? Um, we'll go Digidestined. Uh, yeah, we'll go Digidestined. Uh, 
the whole Gabumon evolution stream was it for me. Yeah. Although like, I would go Gabumon's and say, just awesome. Yeah. I kind of liked Mega Kabuterimon. Mm-hmm. And like uh, he evolved from there into Hercules Kabuterimon, but they never actually showed that in the show. But like that's sure. his that's his Mega evolution. Because only the two main guys ever got to Mega. Um, yeah, I kind of liked that. I liked them. I guess seconding. I kind of liked uh, the Anjumon, Anjumon. Yeah, Anjumon was personally my favorite. And like, although, oh, although the concept for <laughs> Ultimate um, or um, Ultimate um, Anjumon was amazing. Arc Anjumon. Angemon was overpowered. Oh God, yes. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Well, he he's like an ultimate, and everybody else is still rookies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Angemon, Angemon, and it's not even in its ultimate form. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing, is yeah. that it's not. But he has the strength of an ultimate yeah. as a champion, and, and so then he goes OP actually going down. It's broken. Arc Angemon is able to defeat even more, and like it's really bad because the female version that. Instead of being a rookie the entire time, she's a champion, so her Anja Woman is actually an ultimate. Uh, so Anja Woman's an ultimate, Anjumon's only a champion, and then he goes to Arch Arc Arc Anjumon. Yeah, Anjumon like, yeah, I'm actually looking at the listings right now. <laughs> ultimate Anja Woman is ultimate. Yep. Yeah, and he's champion level. Uh yep. Uh and then that's, that's and then God. Magna Anjumon is um yeah, an arch, archangel type ultimate type. That's because Gatomon was already a champion. Yeah, which is kind of weird because she's just hung out as being a champion the entire time. Yeah. Oh, well, everyone else is all just rookies. Um, but I guess that also had to do with the size thing, too, because, like, all their champion levels were huge. Yeah. And Compression. <laughs> so. Anyways. Yeah. Apparently, Devilmon is the slide form of, uh, of Angemon. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, because they can... He basically goes to either Angemon or goes to Devimon or it like there it wasn't a direct path. They basically could kinda go one way or another to different different Digimon for that's the way they digivolved. And then they had like some fusion Digimoning too and all that kind of jazz. Apparently there's like a whole bunch of other versions as well, just like cult, like secondary species type. Yeah, this is a yep. ton. Yeah. Um but yeah, so there's there's a lot to Digimon. But Cool. Clervius, Clavis, Angemon. It's kind of weird. There's like a big key. But anyway. Hmm. Um, I think it's either going to... Uh... Well, yeah, Robert, what about you? What? I already gave cool. mine. Oh, you he did said, give yours? You said Bubble Suit Gundam. All cool. right. Are you no, not paying attention at all? No, 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 no. I'm talking <laughs> Digimon. Oh. Oh, yeah. He, he said he said the whole Gabumon evolution string. Oh, the whole string. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I got kind of lost there. Oh, I think Gabumon was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He was cool. I did like Black or Greymon, though. Mm. Mm. I liked also the in, the fact that it took Angemon and Angewoman to activate War... What was it? Was it War Grugamon and... War Grey... No, War Greymon. I'm trying to remember what the ultimate... Metal Gurugumon. Yeah, Metal Gurugumon and... Gurugumon. Uh, yeah. Metal Gururumon and War Greymon. Yeah, I liked how that it took the them like shooting them with arrows to get it to work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, then they also went to Om- Omnimon. 
That's what they did. Yeah. Mer- merged into Omega Mon. But anyways, so I guess that is that the end of the anime corner? No. Uh, Tyler and I still both have to go. Oh, pay attention. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you want tangent, everybody? Yeah, oh, that's what happened. I, I'm sorry. But anyway. I Okay, I'm gonna, uh, this is my corner. I, I control it. Uh, <laughs> go for it, then. So, Nathan, like... how much do you have to talk about? Uh, it depends on how much you guys think about it. I, I don't know if anybody, any of you have seen it. Um, I've, I've seen yours, yeah. Okay. I I might go first then. I don't know. Mine might be able to have lots of talking. I want to leave the most talking to maybe last. So should I go? Sure, why not? Okay. Well, an anime that I think would be, uh, would require students to watch uh, would be Serial Experiments Lane. Because Lane, Lane is an interesting anime because it doesn't really explain what's going on throughout the entire series but that leaves the but it has enough thought provocation that you can interpret it in so many different ways it is the biggest mind screw of an anime uh that you can ever watch in my opinion it's the biggest one i had my one friend literally questioned existence because of that anime. I've had other people claim it was just hogwash and not even think about it at all. So it, it's the biggest thought-provoking anime I've ever seen. And I think everybody needs to see it and take from it what they will. So that's why I would say uh, it's a requirement. Mm. Huh? I came out in the 90s. Yes, it's a really old anime. I've never watched that one. Watch it. All right. Uh, Serial Experiments Lane, they... It's a series, the way that it seemed to have been produced and written, it's pretty clear that they're intentionally trying not to explain anything. They want it to be something that you interpret for yourself and try to figure out yourself on what's going on. And yeah, you could go and find yourself questioning reality or just calling it absolute hogwash like <laughs> like what uh, Nathan said there that's it, that pretty well covers it because there are so many different things you can interpret from it with the way that it was written <sighs> I, I, I literally have a table open right now and there are 35 different minuscule aspects about Lane that have at least four different interpretations each so that's just kind of like a, a scale for how mind screwy this anime is that's just it and uh, having seen it in 2002-2003 it was on tech tv the first time i saw it and then comparing it to or i should say and then watching it a couple of years ago uh and re-watching it over again i do have to say i've got a completely different understanding of on what that series is now oh yeah than what i did when i was younger and i do think that's one that every time you watch it from start to finish you are going to come up with a bit of a different conclusion every single time you you need to pay attention to every single word every single line of dialogue in this show or you'll just get completely lost and the whole interpretation you could have had might be lost with it I, I, that's that's why I think it it should be required for students to watch. Hmm. Makes sense. 
Yeah, that's kind of a way of doing it. Um, well, I guess that's that's your psychological. Mine's also kind of psychological too. So I'm gonna say that the anime that I would say students are required to watch would be Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've never of, heard of this one. I don't think. Oh, they got a movie coming out, or is it already out? It's been out for like two years. Two years? Maybe it's yeah. going to DVD. Maybe that's what it is. Or Blu-ray. Something like that. I, I just remember seeing it up again where it's just like, oh, Psychopaths movie. And it was like, oh, okay. Um, it was up there with like Boy and the Beast, which has been out for a while, but you couldn't really... I haven't been able to watch it because it's been gone. But yeah. Um, Psychopaths. It's... A dystopian future? Is that a way of saying it? Yeah. 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 Where it's or just like, a utopian future. Utopian future? It's it's a great premise on psychology. So it's it's it kind of takes a view of looking at psychology and like it basically goes it's a world where um, crimes are kind of Uh, based based off of, like the way the actual anime goes, it looks like everything's kind of based off stress, but it, like analyzes people's Cr- criminal latency. Yeah, uh, that's the word they use, criminal latency. Uh, so they go like, "Well, you're you've got a weird criminal, you got a high criminal latency, so they just arrest you if your number's too high." If and if it's too too high, you're killed on sight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Like there, there is like some somewhere like some people just go get thrown in prison, just like when they're born, and so then people are really stressed out about that kind of stuff, and then stress kind of adds to it, and so it looks like it's a concept built to begin with, but then they dive deeper into it and they kind of show how it's all really broken actually, uh, and how it's really easy to kind of game the system, I guess, or how the system can game you. But it's it's a good look at psychology and stress and all that kind of stuff and like the concept of it of if everything's kind of really controlled or uh, how stress can affect you or all these kind of things it's it's a good look into that so I think that'd be a good one to recommend for um, for being a required class because of this it's it's really about sociology and like human nature and all that kind of stuff, which is really important to learn about because we are, we are all humans. Yeah. Close enough. Another thing it's good at portraying is like the, the idea, the the concept behind like true peace and like the the, the illusion of peace because everything is not as it seems. Everything's not going the way it seems to be going. There's like hidden secrets behind peace, and the the main populace is kind of like blinded behind that, living in a plastic world where things things seem fine to them, so they don't really care. Yes, yeah, and that's that's another example, like the dystopian dystopian future. Yeah, and so it's like everything seems well, but it actually isn't. Yeah. And, and then and then the people who do question whether is this quote unquote right thing truly right? Those people who p- could potentially 
actually be right and the right thing might be wrong get ostracized by society and in psychopaths that's in a truly exaggerated fashion yeah but like that that's the whole point of stories is stories do exaggerate situations but to get a point across yeah because sometimes those exaggerated situations become reality pretty quickly yeah so it's yeah it is it, it brings that kind of thought to light of like dystopian futures like trying to make everything perfect or having peace or uh about sociology it's so that's why i think it'd be a very great one to watch to kind of get people thinking about things it, it also works really well in like a literature aspect too because makishima shoga the series antagonist has a lot of like thought-provoking points and like his own view of life and everything mm, yeah i guess yeah. never um never considered much of them for like talking about literature well i guess all those animes the reason we go to some of those really ones that are, that stay popular for those animes is because of them having being written really well because normally that makes a anime floater sink because if you had one of these same concept of an anime but if it was just poorly written it just would be considered not good so yeah. most of these animes that we pick are well written well i guess i talked about how digimon's kind of camping and normally that's considered not being well written um but that's kind of the point uh that that campiness is what kind of like the saturday morning cartoons are all campy um like talk about digimon like one piece naruto uh those are campy and kind of characters are outgoing and crazy and but that's what attracts people because it's different and it's catchy like pop music it's campy but it's catchy so it attracts people and it's the lowest common denominator uh so and then you get into thinking about animes or having things to like kind of protrude your thought brain stuff that's a word that stuff thought brain stuff I your brain my thought brain stuff yep thought brain uh, stuff is good that you'll start seeking out other animes that are a lot more different like your um the one you picked out which is just basically a, a brain a brain blender where it's like every time you watch it you think something different so yeah i'd say that's that's a good way of looking at it. we've got the We've got the two that are kind of like make you think. We got the ones that are like getting you started in anime, like Mobile Suit Gundam. I guess they all make you think in some way. We didn't really talk too much about how, and like from a literary aspect, though, did we? I kind of did. Like watching an anime for how it was shot or drawn or oh. the way it was done that way, like a uh, okay. production aspect. We all oh, kind of well, lane, even that in Serial Experiments Lane screws with your mind. Like the red blots inside the shadows and everything. Ah. Kind of, it, it almost makes you question, like, what's real, what's not. Because uh, the concept behind Lane is that, like, there's a, there's a mass collection on, on like, 
Uh, it is basically like VR called The Wired, and everyone can connect to it, share their thoughts and everything. Uh, and like, it, it really kind of borders what's real, what's what's in The Wired. Be, like, just, just by its art, art style and everything. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, it's... It... Because, like, that would be also a way of doing it. It's like the, an anime that you pick would be one that's got an interesting art style or, like, the way it's drawn or shot or written is different, and that's why you got to watch it. But mm-hmm. we kind of picked... Uh, that's an, an interesting way of, like, why people, people pick animes to say, hey, this is something you got to watch because of this. And so... Shoutouts to uh, witch, witch Nests in Madoka Magica. Yes, that's a great way of doing it. Because, like, that is just, like, a... That definitely changes the style, where that kind of goes to that Monty Python kind of style, like the paper craft stuff, mm. which is really different. So, well, I think that's it for Tyler's Anime Corner. It's some interesting animes picked for if you had an otaku class and why we picked them. Mm-hmm. So I believe we're... I'm going to close that section out. It's done. We're good. We learned some things. Yep. So if you haven't seen any of those animes before, go out and watch them. I haven't watched Lane before, so I'm probably going to go watch that one. Do it. Do, Do it. it now. Do it. Do it. All right. So I yeah. guess it's my turn then. Nope. We're cutting out the game section, and we're just going to end the podcast right now. Okay. Bye. See you, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs> My mine won't take too long, I don't think. But sure. anyway, but I figured out how to introduce my my gaming table here. Here, hold on, I gotta I I found a trap door actually here. Just hold on, let me see if I can find it here. I I I've discovered that my basement has a lot of jazz music. So hold on here. Jazz music. Alright, here it is. Go for it. Wait, you just open the trap door and music just starts playing out? Yeah. Hold on. Let me just. Let me, Three, to two, one. Let's jam. Did it? Did it? Yeah, did pretty it. much. Hold on. Let me just let me call them up here. Go ahead, guys. Welcome to my gaming table. Here we talk about games, card games. Tabletop games, RPGs, D&D, and of course, PC and console gaming. But maybe then again, you're here for news or reviews. So let's begin. Before we do, I have one question. What thoughts have you brought to my table? Let's find out. Let's go. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> All right, doors closed. Let's get to it. That is some seedy music coming out of your basement. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm full concerned about what's going on in that basement right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs>
<laughs> Let's God. just skip the gaming table and just talk about what the hell is going on down there. Yeah, I don't even uh, want to know. I feel know. dirty. I feel dirty. <laughs> so is the basement. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Considering that actually there used to be a jazz club in where we live called the basement. Yeah. yeah. Isn't the basement still there? It's just not a I, jazz club anywhere? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it's a jazz club anymore. It's definitely still there. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so this week, um, I was just going through IGN, and they were talking about um, how Ubisoft had just got rid of two large exploits in The Division. Mm. And I believe it was something, one of them was called The Double Revive, something or other. And like it was just different things. And I just wanted to kind of talk about game exploits slash gaming the system when it comes to both single-player games and multiplayer games. Um, and I wanted to ask each of you what you thought of them and do if you use them or not. I feel like gaming exploits have a time and place. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. personally, I don't use them uh, in single-player because... Like, hey, I want to enjoy the game for like the game. I don't, I don't want to, yeah, ru- ruin the experience that was supposed to be laid out for me. Multiplayer, if you use game glitches, exploits, and everything, you're 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 a dick, <laughs> straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, double revive or something in melee. Uh, there's tons of glitches. Like the ice climbers can literally freeze the opponent. It's banned for reasons uh, that don't need to be mentioned. But like. There was also another thing from the division that was I discovered that the, from a, just a, an article where you could who's who's played the division in here? Uh, just started. Okay. Do you know the shield? Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a and when when you use the shield, you can you you pull out your sidearm and that's the gun you use. There is a glitch that where you are able to kind of like roll and use like the seeker kind of thing and you're able to keep your your um your primary weapon while using the shield Hmm. and use it one-handed like a pistol but it still fires at the same rate and you're able to switch weapons oh that's ooh! it's a very dicky move that's that's just that is dicky yeah you're you're literally just bming everybody when you use that multiplayer yeah, that's pretty much why. I think it's been patched now, but that was one of the things when you're like, really, why? But there's also like a t- like like you said, there for me personally, like there's a time and a place. Yeah. To use like, and I don't ever use. I'm gonna glitches. dispute that fact on you, Cole. Let me finish. I never use gaming exploits in multiplayer. I'm gonna. I got examples yeah, of it. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you if 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 you just want to like go onto Grand Theft Auto, or using something, hold on, hold on, using those. creative mode in Minecraft does not count. No, I've got other ones, Cole. In <laughs> Minecraft, in, in in multiplayer. Yep. Oh wait a minute! I know it's exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, see, is that the there... Borderlands one you're talking about? Nope, it's another one, Cole. <laughs> okay. So as you have now probably picked out, oh, this out, is a losing bottle. Cole likes battle. to exploit games quite a bit. He might say he doesn't, but he does. So okay, uh, I mean, on, there's a on. difference when you're doing it with your friends and when you're doing it online against people like for just, competitive. Yeah, I guess if you do it as a joke, but then but yeah, like the joke one runs thin 
pretty quick. Very quickly, yeah. The only the one the one that I mentioned that Borderlands was is that because you're able to bring back characters into like you are able to bring multiple characters back into a game. And so if you bring like a character if you're using like uh, single console multiplayer, um, you're able to bring in two different characters on two different um, on a different controller, dump weapons from your higher level level character onto the new one, and then you can sell them for money. That's the main. That's the only glitch I ever did with with Borderlands, just so that I would have money to buy shit. Mm. Oh, I, I think I, that one was because I remember doing. I got upset with you that one because we were spending more time doing that than we were playing the game. Well, because I remember it was the three of us, you, Robin, and I, and I wanted us all to start fresh. Yeah. And then here comes Cole with a bunch of gear, and it's like, Cole, why do you have all this gear? Where'd this come from? I was like, oh, I made a character, and then I gave myself a bunch of stuff because I didn't want to start like that. I was like, Cole, but there's still Robin and I who are starting now fresh because we wanted (laughs) to do it that way. Okay. We wanted to build up together, and then Cole exploits. And then what's the other one you're exploiting recently is you're exploiting Fallout. Uh, I used to be exploiting Fallout. Used to, okay. Um, I play. I have. I played legit on one char- on my very first character for the longest time. Played it. Played it. Played it. Then I ended up getting sick of the game for a little bit, and then with a couple weeks later, a friend of mine told me of a duplication uh, thing for for special stats. Yeah. Where I was able to, where you can duplicate a special book in the game where you're able to get all your stats up to level 10. This is like a week after the game came out. Two weeks. Two weeks. So you played the game, got bored of it. Not got bored of it, got kind of just burned myself out for a little bit. And then I tried it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I left my old character and went and made a new character that was all like from the beginning stats. Which and then just on everything. Well, ten stars actually, or 10 uh, and then just Full built, stars. and then just was able to pick whatever whatever stats I wanted for that character. It didn't make me immortal. It just made it. It just made it slightly easier to pick the perks I wanted. Slightly easier. You had full stars on everything, Cole. Whatever. <laughs> you showed it to me because I was over playing D anD D, and it was like, "Look at my character." I'm like, "This game's been out for maybe a week or two, and you already have the first character you started." You only second character. Second then the second character, you just made full stats on everything. Yeah. It was a lot of start. It was full stars on everything. Yeah. That's that. Unfortunately, um, you can't actually do that. You can't do that anymore. And that's I. Good. So. And I and the character I play is legit. It's sure. Legit. Um, I think. Sorry, Nathan, go ahead, yeah. Tyler. No, Nathan, you were talking about your smash some stuff in Smash. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly just exploiting glitches. Uh, against other people in competition or just like in a competitive setting is, is a dick move. But one of the ways I highly approve of exploits, because I, I just think it's super cool that people dig into the game and they find these things, is speedrunning. Yep. yep. Mm, that is exploits cool. and speedrunning are so, like, just niche. It's so cool to watch. Because it's... And, and, and yeah, it's, it's practical. Like, I yeah. want to see how fast people can beat this game, no matter what they do. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's when you do when you do exploits when you're in a single player game, you're basically just um, you're cheating yourself. It's like the kind of pay to win. Like, if you're paying to win, but it's a single player game, you're basically paying to go through a game quicker by yourself. Yeah. If it's pay to win multiplayer, 
then you're paying to be better than the other person, and people don't like that. Same thing as exploiting. Um, but pay to win in what? But with single player, there's not really a pay to win system in that. There are games like, like that. Oh there, yeah, I suppose. There's like but, multiplayer games that are basically they multiplayer, say multiplayer, yes. but the games you basically play by yourself because you're not there's no competitive aspect to it. Yeah, it's multiplayer, but there's no competitive aspect. So when you play the game. Um, What's a good example of that? Um, is it Warcraft? Is it games like Warcraft that have like kind of pay-to-win stuff now? No, Warcraft doesn't really. I think because you, you could buy, you basically could buy like high high-tiered uh, gear characters, gears and characters basically. So you have this high-tiered character, but you never actually played them, so you don't know how to play them, and so you're just paying money to get up there already. But like. Um, they're exploits. oh like leveling coins leveling yeah coins, uh, exploits yeah. yeah if you play them against use them to be better than other people <coughs> um and now there's stand. a difference um because there's like game breaking exploits or there's kind of gameplay exploits that you just kind of pick up mm -hmm. um like here i want to uh talk about smash where nathan there's like moves that you guys have developed in Smash that are used quite regularly. That yeah, yeah, but but that's to advance the game's meta. Yeah, like that's literally moving the game forward, making it something more than what it was intended to be, which is a good thing. Whereas well, games that break the game are uh, they're literally only just, <laughs> uh, worsening everyone's experience instead of making it better, instead of advancing it. Yeah. See, but that that could be that those those both could be concepts of exploiting the game. You're changing the game from what it initially was. Yeah. And now, if you're either basically using it for positive or negative, so it's like exploits are neutral, and you basically can either use them positive or negatively. Like exploiting in speedrunning, which has become speedrunning has become really popular, and people do use those to break the game to get through as fast as possible. But you're basically you're fighting a clock. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess that makes it kind of okay. better. I, I also just love thinking about, like, who who thought if I plant this bomb here, backflip right as soon as the bomb goes off, and then drop this fish in midair, it should boost me three dungeons ahead. Who, who yeah. did that? Who yeah. was the first one to do that? It's some weird exploits, yeah, to, like, get through the game as quick as possible. So it is in a very interesting aspect for that, for speedrunning, where that's, like, the, the time and place to use these exploits to beat the game as quick as possible, because, like... Yeah, doing those exploits and doing those weird tricks cuts down like a second, and sometimes that means everything. Yeah, which again, which again, it's advancing the meta. Yeah, like the exploits are healthy for what they are trying to do. Yeah, because now they're actually putting more life into a game opposed to taking it away. Yeah. Um, now, Cole. Yes. The game I was going to talk about was um, actually Goldeneye for D. Oh. 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 Oh, oh caught me oh. <laughs> no we used to play goldeneye a lot when we were younger and when so, that was still cool are you gonna talk about the exploit you picked up there Re oh 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 for the ds version okay yes. i know it's exactly what you're talking about no there's also an exploit for the for the n64 version too really yeah, people... i don't remember that one 
You don't remember that one? No, I don't. You don't remember like the one where you shoot all the monitors and Hold then you sticky bombs? Hold on a second, I actually bombs? can't hear you. I accidentally just unplugged my headphones. Hold on a second. <laughs> He's there trying to get out of it. No, actually, I didn't. So I was there's fixing my chair. Go ahead. There's the N64 one where you'd shoot all the monitors, and then you your bombs would start floating. Oh! So there's that one. But I then there's wrong. the DS version, which I'm going to let you explain, because we used to play multiplayer DS on GoldenEye. Yes. And you use a bunch of exploits. And I, I was the one who found it by mistake. Poor then, conduct as well. Fine. We stopped using it after a while. Well, there's also you being a rocket whore the entire time. Oh, fine. Whatever. Um, okay. Um, back in grade 10 or grade 11... Um, a friend of ours named Albert, he got GoldenEye for the DS. And we, because at that point, we uh, DSs were starting to become really popular, and we had all grabbed them. So we had moved from playing cards in at lunch to playing DS. And most commonly, we were playing um, Mario Kart, and we were playing, what was it? I think we were playing Mario Party. We played Mario Party near the end of it. Uh, Mario Kart was really popular. Um, we played Metroid quite a bit. Metroid was another one, yeah. Um, and we played we played GoldenEye. And GoldenEye, this is like one of the very first DS games that came out. Yeah. Um, but we were playing, by the time we were playing, DS Lite had already come out. But we yeah. were still playing GoldenEye. But yeah, so we were playing it. And this the one of the only when you were playing SharePlay, you only had access to like one map. Yeah, if because you could like on the DS, you could download the game. If if one person had it, they had the entire game. If everyone else had it, they had to download the version. And so we eventually start getting more games. So like in Mario Kart, um, if you had played the game, whatever you unlocked, you could play as a cart. But if you hadn't, if you're downloading playing, then you can only play as a shy guy. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, go on. But yeah, so at the very, very top of this kind of like geometric map, there were two weapons. One was called the, I think it was a railgun. Yep. The railgun and the missile launcher. And they were side by side on the top of this little, little ramp. And one day I was up there. I'm like, I'm going to go after the railgun because the railgun can shoot through walls. So I go up there and I get up there and I'm like, and I and you using the stylus, and you're when you're supposed to double click the little pickup button, which is in the corner of the screen, and then running, and I'm kind of just running past it, and the, you can fall down onto another ramp and just keep going. Now here's the thing: you could dual weapon small weapons. Yes, like but pistols. Big weapons, and you had a. Or oh, you could also weapons. do. You could double fist. Uh, you could double use um, railguns too, though, because they were they were single hand weapons. Um, maybe. But a rocket launcher, though, was only... Because I remember, because people were shooting double lasers everywhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. And But but a, but a rocket launcher was a two-handed weapon. So I w- was running past it, and I accidentally... Du- I clicked the button too many times, and I realized that if you're running... If you're running over top of the of the rocket launcher and the, and the rail gun, you pick them both up. And you ha- you're holding um, the railgun in your left hand and the rocket launcher in the right. So you can double hand a rocket launcher and a railgun and blow the living shit out of everybody on the map. Yeah. Cole liked to use this exploit a lot. I used it maybe like four times. And then I stopped because everybody got really, really mad at me. Yeah, I wonder why. So there's, there's some examples of exploits. 
but the, but another but would you consider grinding being an exploit? Grinding? Uh, yes. Depends on like, the game. Skyrim. Because there are certain yeah, because there's other er- there are certain areas where you are if you if you feel like spending the time. Well, that's the thing. You're giving up time. Yeah. So you're, you're not just really... spending the time, and you're like, for example, you're like near the beginning of the game. If you if you don't progress or don't pick up certain things, you can pick up a weapon and you can smack um, the the one of the characters at the very beginning of the game, and they will not move. Like until you pick, you open a certain chest, so you can keep, and they won't die either because they're essential characters. So you can just keep hitting them with the sword and leveling up your sword thing over the course of like two hours to, or something like that. That'd be an exploit, uh, because like if when you say grinding, it sounds like you're going out to kill things, but no, you're just you're killing something that actually can't be killed, and so you're just getting free XP. Okay, that'd be an uh, exploit. That's like the duplication <laughs> exploit that was in uh, Oblivion where you picked up something and you can drop it in such a way that it would drop two of them and then you could like duplicate oranges or something. Okay. Um and then of course there's the one the the for leveling illusion for example. There is or, or I guess sneak as well. But um for illusion if you just keep using it over and over again, it just levels up super super fast so you're able to gain more um perk points mm-hmm. and now that they've actually reset it so you can reset skills you can keep doing it again and again and again oh that's well, kind of gaming the system i guess but i there is one where i consider it essentially game system is how i level my 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 sneak stat um there's a certain spot in the game where there's a, a non-hostile guard and a wall <laughs> and you can crank your controller back so that that you can walk against the wall for four and a half hours and then have your skill at, at full. Hmm. I would say that's also an exploit. That's what see, I thought. See, again, those, those go back to what I said at the beginning of this topic, where it's like, it's okay to do that, but it still kind of takes away from the actual oh, yeah. experience of the game. Yeah. But at the same time, I only found those particular like um, play th- things after I'd already beaten the game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I've done this the hard way. <laughs> um, did you? Uh, Skyrim, I got. I don't think I beat it, beat it, but I got through like a good half of the game, which is still a lot of the fucking game. Hmm. Yeah, I never beat Skyrim. I got really far into it, and then my brother wanted to play it, and then he accidentally auto saved over my file, and I just never had the spirit to go pick it up again. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because that's my issue: is that I'll play it for the longest time, and then I'll have a certain character, and then I'll I'll stop and take a break because I've been playing this game for like thirteen, fourteen hours in game time. Or you know what I mean, like save t- like thirteen real world hours or something like that, and I'll stop for like two or three weeks just to give myself some time to thing, and then I'll come back to it. And I'm like, what was I doing? Yeah. So I just restart. So you don't really finish games too often. I do finish games, just not big open world games like Skyrim. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, moral of that story is Cole uses exploits quite a bit. Not as no, wait. 
Like if you're like you're forgetting, dude. Is that like like sure? Like unless you consider like like what I do for Assassin's Creed and an exploit. Oh, what did you do in Assassin's Creed? You do everything else. Um, no, I wouldn't call that an exploit because you're literally just doing side <laughs> missions the entire time and collecting stuff for XP. Because <laughs> that's that's actually that's, that's actually part of the game. Like they have so many. Uh, yeah, that's that's grinding. Yeah, that's that's an example of grinding, mm-hmm. uh, where that's like the World of Warcraft. We go out and kill a bunch of things, and you just get XP, and you're just yeah. doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, that's the way they intended it. If you're basically cheating it, where you'd like find a guy that doesn't die, doesn't die, and doesn't uh, hit you back, <laughs> then that's that's cheating it. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't intend that goal. Yeah, the only the only two games that I have ever done like the single player glitching was Skyrim and now Fallout, but I don't do Fallout anymore Hmm. because they patched it, which is weird for a Bethesda game. I don't know. It's what it is. It is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. But anyways, but I do like the concept of the, uh, um, speed running because Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting way that it's kind of grown from there. Cause then it becomes like, who can do the exploit or the glitch the best to like shave seconds off. So you're then you're not using it to get better over other people. You're like, Oh, you can do it. That glitch. Well, I can do it slightly better than you. And then it just becomes a competition for who can do the glitch better. So it does add a, the amount of joy that I've seen on a person's like uh, in reaction for a like two tenths of a second. Yeah. Is ridiculous. It's 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 really kind of cool. Um, well, now I'm thinking to think of uh, whoever played Gears of War. Uh, Yo, anyone multiplayer? Mm-hmm. So there was there was a move on multiplayer called the two piece, um, which was basically you'd uh, you'd have your shotgun and you'd roll up and you do a melee attack and then quickly shoot them because the melee attack would stun them, so they couldn't roll away or anything because like you. Rolling around was really quick because, like, if you rolled around, you'd uh, block your head and everything. It was hard to get headshots or kill people when you rolled around. So you basically roll in, melee attack them, uh, and then fire your shotgun. So basically, you'd melee so quick and shoot them at close range with a shotgun that it would it was basically an instant death. Uh, so that became a really popular move. Now, I don't know if that's an exploit or if that's that's gaming the system. It might be adding to the meta of it because it's one thing where it's like an, they never they never patched or anything because it was never considered like a bug because basically it was more considered a technique to use to basically fight. Like I I've had fights where it was uh, two guys. It was it was me and like the other guys left. There's like only two people on the team left, and you're basically rolling around trying to get that one two-piece in to kill him because it's a basically instant kill and it's really nerve-wracking because you have to have it's hard to do because mm-hmm. if they're rolling around trying to two-piece you and you're rolling around to two-piece them it's basically who screws up first is gonna die so it becomes it actually feels like you're you're actually battling like you're doing it because that's how fighting and sword fighting actually is it's it's not as glamorous with a whole lot of clashing of swords. It's like most sword fights and like 
any of that in medieval times happened within two hits. Like, you'd hit swords, one person would be able to block, throw a sword aside, and then the other person would be dead. And, mm-hmm. like, that's it. And so I feel like that would be more adding to the level of gameplay, whereas techniques that you used to kind of raise gameplay, because it, it never felt like, if someone two-pieced you, it never felt like you got cheated. It was just like, oh, they two-pieced. They just... They got you They got you faster than Yeah, than you they got you them. before you got them. Um, because it was pretty easy to do, but like if you have two people rolling around trying to get around, it's makes it fast pace. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if there's any... I don't really play like call of duty or anything but i don't know if there's moves in there that are like that as well um who knows but i saw it's it's a fine line between um the game evolving from people playing it to basically cheating so if it's become so commonplace that everyone can do it then it normally means it's involving it but if it's if it happens and it feels really cheap like it's no way there's no really way to fight against it um, like two piecing, you could you could fight against because you roll out of the way and you be quick and you don't screw up. Then you could actually not get two piece and then you could counter roll back in two piece them. So there's still a level of risk where, where Nathan talked about his uh, the Iceman doing their technique where you but get that's frozen. a band though that's a band I know, yeah. but like that one you seem cheated. There is there really a way to fight against that, or I mean just don't get hit. But I guess. It's a fighting game. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's the point of like, do you feel cheated if someone did that to you? Or is it just become super commonplace that it's become acceptable? So it is definitely up to the uh, social aspect of it, of does this feel like cheating or not? Yeah. So. I guess there's like games like Prop Hunter that have that where like people think they're being clever, but then other people are like, no, that that feels like cheating. Like uh, glitching outside the map or hiding. Yeah, that'd be considered cheating because like yeah. if the person physically can't go after you, then you're not you're cheating. It's just like if if there's really no aspect to a competitive edge of it. If it gives you too much of competitive edge, where it's really no longer competitive, then that's cheating. Oh, totally, totally. All right, so I guess that's pretty much it then. Unless Robert, you have anything to say? Um, I've got two quick things. So, who played Halo Two online back in the original Xbox days? Nope. Um, I didn't really uh, play online. Yeah, no, it was all. It's all LAN. Yeah, it was on LAN. Yeah. I that remember game. doing land parties of that stuff. Oh yeah, no, that that, that was the best stuff, especially I've heard Halo about, I've heard the Warthog jumps. I've heard So Halo Two had some of the worst glitches in multiplayer, and I swear up until they released the first map pack, nobody was playing the game seriously for competitive reasons partially because there wasn't really a big leaderboard uh, leaderboard system, so there really wasn't a great ranking structure or anything. But people were constantly trying to see what they could glitch next. Like, I have seen Scorpion tanks on Blood Gulch going and flying from the outside wall behind one base towards the center of the map through the air 
cannons blazing and another one flying across the map right at it and the two colliding into each other and exploding <laughs> in the middle of the map and wiping out everyone below them in the process like there were so many things like that and they didn't fix all of those things as the game started to get more competitive as more map uh well both more maps were added as well as more content and a lot of patches so it started off really glitchy and people doing a lot of that stuff to it really becoming a very competitive multiplayer environment but occasionally somebody would still go and pull some bullshit like that <laughs> it would go and get everybody absolutely nuts and if i was playing on either a really bad team or if it was just like a really bad game, sometimes I would be the one that would initiate the bullshit and just start driving people crazy. So see, see, that's the aspect of it is people people like to make games evolve. It, it's a good thing because mm -hmm. some of those stick and then they become really popular techniques. Other times they become really exploity and people hate them. And so people learn those things and they find them out and they go, oh, you can do this stuff. It's just is it commonly being used or not? If does it make people salty or does it make people hype? Yeah, that's a good way. That's the yeah. best way of doing it. So if people don't like it and make it salty, then that stuff disappears. But they still found it out. And then you can be the guy where you're playing the game going like, this is no fun. This is dumb. You can go be the asshole that maybe might spark the game up. Or you be the asshole who's in an actually good game. And then you do these cheats and then people get mad at you and just you get kicked. Mm -hmm. So you, you learn that stuff quick because people will people will express their anger if they don't like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to thing number two. And I need group consensus on this one because I really don't know how to feel about this. Mm -hmm. Are you guys familiar with the daycare trick in Pokemon? Yeah, yeah I've heard of it, but I never done it. Okay. Oh, so... right. There's a glitch that I've. Oh, yeah. Pokemon glitch, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, I I used to do the missing node glitch all the fucking time. Oh God, that, the missing node thing. That's uh, that that that's a whole another discussion altogether, right there. Here, no, the the daycare trick for anybody that's not aware is you put a Pokemon into the daycare and then you go and ride your bike, uh, just across the longest stretch possible, back and oh, forth, back and forth, back really and forth. Glitch. Well, I, it wasn't. Because that's literally, it was just gaming the system because that's literally how it was gauged. Well, that's just it. And originally... That's a that breeding was, technique. Yeah, well, that's just it. That was something that when the game originally came out, you know, nobody at Game Freak had thought of this. So it became a bit of an underground trick. And then it just became part of the regular gameplay design, so much so that in the Prima game strategy guide for uh, uh, Ruby and Sapphire, they actually included that as a hint in, uh, in the game. So it's like, yeah. do we count that as one or not? We, we now? would, but we would count it as a healthy exploit. Yeah. Because yeah. It doesn't take away from the game and everybody's okay with it. Yeah, especially since it's now just become a breeding technique. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't know because you're not. It's not really competitive, so you're basically you're you're doing it for yourself. Well, it can be though, cause because because it's breeding for battles. Up. 
Yeah, well, especially when you consider, even if you don't use it for breathing, you can use it to level up a Pokemon, because the longer, or the more, you know, footsteps, quote-unquote, do you go and take, uh, the more experience that Pokemon is gaining. I, I'm not joking, I have a level 100 Caterpie that I can do absolutely nothing with. It never learned to attack, it never learned to do anything, it just went in there one time, and I just left it in there. And forgot about it. <laughs> and then it was suddenly a level 100, and I can't evolve it, I can't, well, I can teach it some stuff, some very limited things, but... If you hmm. look at what you can actually teach a Caterpie, I mean, even going and using... Someone the beat the game, HM, someone really... beat the original Blue with a, with a wheel. Yeah, I'm not surprised by this, it's just, that's... They well technically they had to use like extra Pokemon to get past obstacles, but yeah, that's all they used them for. They never battled. They never used them for anything. They only battled with a Weedle. They made it through the Elite Four with a Weedle. So, but uh, back to that is, yeah, it's kind of a technique. Um, I don't know. You could use it. You could not use it. I think that's kind of a neutral one, mm -hmm. where it's. I guess it's become acceptable. So if it becomes acceptable, then it still feels kind of. I almost, I almost wouldn't even call it an exploit if the developers literally tell you, "Hey, why don't you do this?" Yeah, yeah, because then it's kind of like intended a little bit. Yeah. Um, like I, I'd say it's more unsportsmanlike. Mm. Um, because, like, I guess the whole concept is that you put it into daycare, you go off, you go do the things you need to do, you come back, but it's just like. Well, I got nothing to do, so I guess I'm going to go ride my bike around and do nothing and then come back to get my Pokemon that has now more XP in it. So, uh, the only time you're wasting is your own. Mm -hmm. So, I guess. Mm. I guess you're getting some kind of production done where you're just riding a bike around to level up a character. Yeah. So. All right. Unfortunately, we're kind of. I guess that, that I I should probably cut it off there since looking at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've gone a little over. Yeah, yeah we seem to always again. go over. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, but that's again. We have so much to talk about. So yeah. But in any way, uh, thank you once again for joining us on We Are Doomed, a Soccer Rangers podcast. Once again, if you are following us on iTunes, or once again, we are on iTunes, I suppose. And if you are there, please leave us a five-star review and some uh, leave some comments. And we would, of course, love to hear any feedback from you. Also, just very recently, I made a Facebook group. Page. Uh, Facebook page, I guess, um, which is under the Soccer Rangers crew and podcast. Um, so if you want to uh, like us on there, it would be greatly appreciated. You can get it, uh, get notifications when we get pod, when we get the notifications up, and um, Robert will be able to post pictures, uh, post whenever he gets YouTube videos up as well. Yeah, yeah. Once uh, the YouTube's working again, I'm not though. So uh, sorry, yeah, he, folks. Uh, yeah, but he, yeah, I, Robert's I just issues. been busy. But once he gets all those things, once he gets is able to get into that, he will be able to get that up and running. Yeah. Uh, if you like to listen on YouTube or on iTunes, whichever. Yeah. YouTube's because, got visuals, but it's not really important visuals. Is well, it unless you're unless you're doing unless we're doing um, a trailer review. I guess, yeah, yeah. But that those only come every once in a while. And yep. Once in a blue moon. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, thank you, Nathan, once again for joining us. 
Thanks you for having are, me. You're, of course, more than welcome to join us next at any other time whenever you feel like joining us. Or just, yeah, you can come back. Or we beg you because we have nobody else on the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, so would you would you like to come back? Yeah, sometime. Add that to the list, Robert. Okay, the blood contract that's been made. Good. Oh no! <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> we got another one. Uh, but in any case, thank you. you once... Thinking, how did they get your blood? I mean, I mean, if you guys feel like if you guys lock me in a basement, I'd prefer Coles so I can listen to the jazz. <laughs> Uh, you might be regretting that. <laughs> but in any case, though, uh, thank you once again for yeah, joining us. Yeah, on we... Thank you once again for joining us on We Are Doomed, a soccer arrangers podcast. And we will see you next time hey, where we do today? stuff and things and whatever the hell we're going to talk about. <laughs> see you learn. next time. Bye bye. Learn today. Who freaking knows? <laughs> that was always the question at the very end. Is like, yeah, what? Cue what the zombie learn? band. That's all. That's what we learned today. Cue <laughs> the zombie band. We're out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> but seriously, though.